0: Coming up this week, off screen. Star Wars gets militarized in Rogue One. We crash and burn with Tommy Byrne. Explore the wilderness with the Eagle Huntress. Go through the wall with Rama Bernstein. Spend time with a rather unorthodox family in The Son of Joseph. And visit Bohemian New York with Uncle Howard. Almost coming more off screen. This is
1: this is off screen. Off screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Screen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Onscreen, I'm Van Connor. I am Case Allen. So, loads of films, loads of news, yeah. box office top ten. Usual fun to be had, Mr. Allen. And of yeah, course, absolutely. there's, there's, there's a, a slightly large, larger than usual, Release this week, which I'm looking forward to talking about. Don't about you?
0: Is it the Eagle Huntress?
1: It is the Eagle Huntress entirely. I yes, with to with, with, with Daisy Ridley of uh, Star those, Trek, Star those, Trek fame. Yeah, 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 all those
0: yeah. other little indie mm. films she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so So uh, starts off with some film news then, have we'll, some news. We'll break okay. from there. Well, we are going to be getting after Christmas into mm-hmm. the heat of the Oscar season, the other big awards, uh, the Independence um, uh, Spirit Awards. I was say, that's always my go-to as well. The Independence Spirit Awards. I know that's my one. Yeah. So I, I like to think of myself as an independence poet. You, you, you truly are. You truly totally. Are. But uh, the nominations for uh, the Golden Globes. Oh, they're they're out now, aren't they? They are out. Okay. Uh, the. The actual awards itself is going to be, I believe, the second week of January. Yeah, they come like, that, like yeah. a month
1: before the Oscars, something a month, six weeks for the Oscars, something
0: else? like that. But yeah. usually, weirdly, like around the same time that the Oscars nominations themselves. Are yeah, they're usually in January, aren't they? The, the nominations. Yeah, so we've got a few here. I'm just, I'm going to rattle through some of the biggies. So, uh, best motion picture for a drama. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Hella High Water. Oh, fair. Uh, which yeah, we really, really, really enjoy. We liked, we liked, absolutely. Uh, Lion. Which we've not had. I've not yet. had the pleasure. I'm looking not forward yet. to it, though. Let Dev Patel be I fan. do like me some Dev. Dev's yeah. a good lad. Bit of Dev. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. Which is apparently awesome. Cannot wait to see yeah. that. Casey Affleck. Uh, Moonlights. Which is, again, meant to yeah. be awesome. These are all films that for next year we cannot wait to see. Oh, no, no. Definitely And rounding it off, Hacksaw Ridge. Ooh. This is a controversial one, obviously, because...
1: Mr. Gibson's Mr. getting Gibson his, his time back in the sun.
0: That's it, absolutely. But this is kind of indicative of what Golden Globes do. They like to mm. just try and bring people back. That's fair. Sometimes, yeah, I'm, looking
1: for, I'm looking forward to seeing Mel Gibson back with you know as, as the great director again.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, conversely, uh, best motion picture for a comedy or a musical, mm. uh, 20th Century Women. Have you heard about this? No, well, I've not heard of this one. What is this? Okay. Um, century women? Did you see a film century? called... Um, what was it? Uh, had, uh, Ewan McGregor, Christopher Plummer, uh, Beginners. The, beginners, a yeah, few years yeah, I ago. It, yeah. Um, there's a guy called, uh, Mike Mills, not to be confused with the bass player Mike Mills from REM. Uh, he's made the film. Uh, it's got, uh, Billy Crudup, um, uh, Annette Benning. Yeah, it's supposed to be really cool, like, interested in, uh, comedy drama. Uh, Deadpool. Ooh. Not, I know. Who would have thought it? I know. Mr. A Mr. Pool. Yeah. himself. <laughs> Um, uh, Florence Foster Jenkins Mel Street, hmm. Mel Street being nominated for an award who the have thought it no it's, it's a complete yeah. shock it's never happened before uh, uh, Sing Street happy about that Very yeah happy. I saw I that liked. recently really really like that did you, you liked it didn't you I did like it a lot absolutely and uh, La La Land ah. which that's, kind of, that's you know, going to be all the big the one awards. that's going kind to of win all of the awards So that's That is my news for now Maybe we'll get back To some more of those Nominations later We're well, we going to have a B- lot, B- of, lot Of
1: nominations to get through In the next like two months So yeah, <laughs> We'll get That's it. just a little taste In the meanwhile Let's see what's What's said in the box office Alight Well this is what About the first half Of what's said in the box office Alight uh, Over the last weekend Number ten Befikaya, Kaya which I've never seen well I've not it's, it's one of the Yash Raj films so it's mm. uh, it's basically a Bollywood production which means it's not really press shown no. uh, they do have press showings occasionally because they had one for fan if you remember that yeah
0: the ones that we've seen we've really enjoyed like fan well, I one was great but yeah. they didn't,
1: didn't press show this one which is a show number nine <laughs> Bad Santa too Which, you know, it, it's a decent sequel in that it's a decent film But it's not any more than that It's not more than a decent comedy You'll laugh You'll not laugh anywhere near as hard as you did with the first one It's not anywhere near as good as the first one um, And it's not anywhere near as sharp or as concise or as bleak Or yeah. as wonderfully nihilistic as the first one And in the end it just feels like a sort of cash-in comedy sequel It feels like Horrible Bosses 2 And you don't want that You want 22 Jump Street And that's kind of a shame Although, Kathy Bates still steal it. Number
0: eight. Snowden. <laughs> Which, have you had the pleasure of Snowden yet, by the way? Not yet, no. I was too busy seeing... Uh... Stuff. Rogue something Rogue something
1: yeah. Rouge one The rouge one Rouge one Rouge yeah. one Yeah um, Well this is the thing I, I really like Snowden um, I do think there's some liberties Taken with it In terms of Kind of Hollywoodising it Like he's got a friend In the film That you just like There's no way That <clears> person <throat> existed There is no way whatsoever uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt though Absolutely inhabits The role of Edward Snowden Yeah Charlie Woodley. It, yeah, yeah Charlie Woodley makes her A, a great sort of You know yeah. Domestic foil What about the lead? I mean Mr Cage Mr Cage yeah. Mr Cage Well he steals All three of his scenes That's uh, good <laughs> It's worth saying That you know They're only two person scenes So <laughs>
0: Competition
1: is somewhat slim
0: That's good If we can
1: no. if we, like, Hedge the playing field For Cage Yeah, That's it I think they're just They're keeping the field Open for Mr Cage um, I did like it Very much um, But I do think I, I, It feels like Oliver Stone Despite the fact That this is the best Thing, thing he's made In a good Ooh decade easily mm. um, 15 15 years I'd say um, It does feel like he's he's wearing his personal beliefs too proudly on his sleeve. The film takes no moral step back whatsoever as regards what's going on. He is the hero. He is the he's, there's a lot of people in the world who don't believe he's a hero. Mm. And it would be nice if the film Kind of examined that a little bit, and it doesn't. And you, frankly, from Oliver Stone, you expect. Please take the time to you know look at because that's what you're good for. That's what you do better than anyone. And yet, Oliver Stone not bringing that level of uh, of insight to it is is a little disappointing. I've got to admit. Number seven.
0: <laughs> Trolls, which, which is still <laughs> hanging in there. How many weeks Is Trolls now? It's like eight weeks. Eight weeks. Wow. Yeah. And I've not been able to get that song in my head for about twelve weeks. <laughs> Can't
1: stop the feeling. Yeah.
0: No, no, you cannot, Justin. You cannot stop you the feeling. You cannot <laughs> stop that feeling. But you can no. try to stop the feeling. <laughs>
1: Which I I really liked it I, I did it was uh, it, I didn't expect to I really went in expecting the worst I went in expecting Smurfs and uh, and, and I really intensely dislike the Smurfs mm. what I got wore me down quite quickly and sort of you know forced me to succumb to this saccharin sugar coated candy corn world of fluffy haired trolls complete with you know a goody two shoes Anna Kendrick and a rebellious Justin Timberlake and I I liked it I suckered for it I, it wore me down I was I was drawn in by it and you know the kids obviously in the screening liked it as well so I'll call it a win there'll be an inevitable sequel in two years time and uh, we can all go home happy number six Arrival I've been
0: looking forward to this you, I've seen it you've I've finally seen it, seen it haven't I finally, you I finally arrived right 60 seconds take it away okay um, it's the best performance that I've ever seen uh, Amy Adams give I thought you see say Jeremy Renner then <laughs> <laughs> it's the best performance I've seen Jeremy Renner give. There you go <laughs> Forrest Whitaker turns up doing the Forrest Whitaker thing Did you not think he was doing Tommy Lee Jones? A little bit, yeah, yeah. You could easily have had Tommy Lee Jones do you, you? Yeah, yeah but um, the score was incredible The cinematography was just stunning It was, wasn't just it? It was beautiful And the direction was just It was tight and everything that you've expected mm. from him did from, from you see Denis? Denis? Denis?
1: Denis? Denis? Yeah. Did you see the contact sphere sort of comparison point? Absolutely,
0: it? yeah. It yeah. is. It is like a superior contact.
1: No, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Superior yeah. contact. Absolutely, I will go with that. But either so you'd recommend
0: it, I would recommend it to everyone. I'd recommend it to strangers. I recommend it. Recommend it to people who don't like a sci-fi film.
1: I'd recommend it to just just humans with functioning eyes, working yeah. ears. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. So, um, let's plug the podcast real quick. We'll we'll get a quick review out Mm of the way. Uh, so podcast edition, we do the extended version where we do the stuff after the credits where we fit in all the bits we can't put in the radio. We still have a good old Natter, don't we? We have a bit of a Natter. We get to do the reviews that don't fit in the shortened, the, the sort of time Rumble. for time radio edit mm-hmm. uh we get to have the moment of cage at the very end and uh, yeah it's a lot more fun yeah. we get to we get to we get to cut loose in the in the in the podcast <laughs> we
0: to let our respective her down
1: we do yes yeah. <laughs> so if you want to uh, hear that then it's usually about a good half hour longer i'd say it comes after yeah. the end credits pop onto deezer acast itunes tune, in. tune, tune in. In. any podcast platform just type in off screen or just go along to onscreenfilm.com and go in the off screen section and while you're there There's some competitions At the yeah. minute you can win Nine lives on DVD Because Kevin, oh, Sp- Kevin Spacey's a cat In a movie With Christopher Walken Sold,
0: so- sold. I'm entering it Right now Exactly
1: myself. Go and win that <laughs> DVD Because yeah Everyone needs more Kevin, Ke- uh, Kevin, Spacey, Kevin Spacey As, a cat. as Christ- Frank Underwood As a cat That's, exactly. that's what's going to happen season, everyone season 5
0: for. House of Cards I want to
1: really quickly then Talk about Uncle Howard Yeah
0: tell, I'm not entirely sure About it right. so. This is a I'm film
1: This, this is a film By Aaron Bruckner And it is about His late uncle Howard Bruckner Who died of age in the late 80s having recently wrapped production on what was going to be the definitive uh, look at the work of william s burroughs now the film was released uh, it's sort of forgotten in time as it were it is ex- burroughs does exist it had jim jarmusch as its sound guy would you believe really and this is going to come into play in a minute um
0: He's coming up quite a lot recently. Well, yeah. yeah, what his
1: nephew has now done is gone around and tried to find the lost archival material, the definitive collection of Burroughs material, which is scattered around the world. We have a clip.
0: Burroughs was a very suspicious, let's say, paranoid person. He was suspicious even of his own fame, while at the same time sculpting it a bit himself, you know, uh... But he saw, obviously, he saw something in Howard that he found amusing because Howard had this kind of mischievous, you know, some unflinching in the face of perversity, quality. And I know Burroughs liked that. Um, Howard was a attractive young guy. I think Burroughs probably appreciated that, you know. But m- mo- more, I think he just liked that Howard was very interested, knowledgeable and fun to be
1: around. Right, we only have a minute, so I'm going to have to be really brief on I, I recognise that voice. Who that, is that? that? That was Jim Jarmusch. We spared no expense. Um, It, it is Jim Jarmusch. Oops. He does arrive. And there's Oops. a lot of, uh, f- of interesting footage, actually, of the production of the documentary. You see uh, young Jim Jarmusch. Um, the problem with the film, uh, first and foremost, and it's 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 a very sincere, very loving ode to Uncle Howard. The problem is the film isn't laid out that way. Despite the title, the film positions itself very early on as, let's look at uh, this story of the lost archive materials of William S. Burroughs. And we get that for about 15 minutes, and then what we get is basically a eulogy to a man we don't know, and by the end of the film, think, yeah, this was all great, this was lovely, I'm I'm really happy that you got to do that, I'm happy for you that you got to do that. I personally am not interested, though, because I don't know who this person was, so thanks for that. It's like, you know when someone tells you about a dream they've (laughs) had, and you're like, I don't care, it's not my dream. Yeah, I get my You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you about my dreams, so don't tell me about your uncle. You know, it's, it's kind of like that. Nothing. Especially
0: when I talk to him, it's a dream about your uncle. Well,
1: it, well, that's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this is the problem. Uh, it's gonna The people who are going to be drawn to this documentary are going to be drawn to it because of the William S. Burroughs factor. And they can leave the theatre 15 minutes in and not really skip a beat. But in the off chance you are interested in the random, random eulogising of Howard Bruckner, a man who made three films and you really don't know who he is really, unless you're firmly embedded in the bohemian art world, then you're kind of just going to think, great, I'm, I'm interested if I'm into that. Otherwise, there's nothing here for me. And that's the problem. I came away going, there's, there's, there's nothing there for me. This is, this is, is, This is done.
0: With the latest film news and reviews... This is off screen. The on-screen radio show And we're back. What are you what's that look on your face that you've got something to say? I got something to say about Ben Mandelson. What do you got to say about Ben Mendelssohn? I like him. I'm a fan. I've enjoyed him in many, many, many different films. The look on your face is like, like something to say about Ben Mendelssohn. I want to fight Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, No, <laughs> I want to heap praise on him. I want to talk about his future projects. Well, before we talk about his current project then, should we talk about his future project? Let's talk about his future one, because mm. I was not interested in this um, up until hearing that he might be a part of it. Okay, So the on. film is uh, Robin Hood... Colin Origins Which I already have an issue oh, with
1: Oh I thought you were going to tell me It was the Power Rangers movie But okay <laughs> Oh can you imagine if he's got to be in the sequel <laughs> <laughs> He's Zordon But, but no. That will be incredible No it's Brian Cranston It is indeed but yeah.
0: Cranston But anyway yeah uh, Robin Hood um, Robin Hood Origins mm-hmm. uh, It's going to be coming out I believe the telling of next year We're going to be shooting it soon Is it the end of next year? See, it's the end of next, year, next, year, next year. year Or early 2018 But we're going to be shooting it Beginning of next
1: year I love I that both King Arthur And Robin Hood are back next year Yeah yeah, and he
0: reboots but, of those guys again
1: And they're gritty reboots that yeah, uh, star just, just young Doc British Knight men Dark Knight yeah. Hill
0: uh, uh, Taron Eggton is going to be playing the part of uh, Robin Hood Jamie Foxx Guess who he's going to be playing uh, John Little Yeah because that's what you think when you see Jamie Foxx <laughs> Absolutely And Ben Mendelsohn who is mm. in talks to be the Sheriff of Nottingham. Which is great casting. Which, yeah, that has elevated the film. And do you know what? I'd even watch Jamie Foxx being Little
1: John. Well, funnily enough, <laughs> the last time we had a Robin Hood movie was the Ridley Scott one, and the Sheriff of Nottingham was
0: Matthew McFadyen from Spooks. Mm. Yeah. And do that you know had what? so much of a really good villain. I really did that had not potential. like the film. I did not yeah. like the film, but that had potential. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oscar Isaacs was a bad guy. Mark Strong was, spoiler, a bad guy. I remember, Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that film should have yeah, been so much. That, than that it was. could be pretty interesting. But uh, Ben Mandelson was uh, the main villain in uh, Star Wars Rogue One. He was, well. Right. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Rogue One whatever Star Wars you want to Which is a lovely segue so that yeah. we can
1: we can get to I've the been walls. known to do
0: pretty good segues.
1: Your, your segues have, have have brought pleasure to a lot of people, I, I will admit. <laughs> we, we we have Twitter, we do hear these things. Um so Star Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which you and I have now had the pleasure of seeing. It opens tomorrow. Is it we, tonight at midnight? Tonight at
0: midnight Wednesday. we were lucky so. Oh, sorry, yesterday.
1: Yeah, we, we're, so we're recording this Wednesday. It opens tonight at five past midnight. Officially, it's tomorrow. We got the Tuesday night. So, yeah, okay. By the time you hear this, it will be the biggest thing in the world, which is perfectly understandable, really. So this is set uh, roughly five minutes before the events of A New Hope or Star Wars Episode Four or Star Wars, 1977 one with Luke Skywalker and Alec Guinness. And what you've got here is the story of, in a nutshell, this is the story of how they stole the Death Star plans. Hmm. This is the story that they they literally tell you the ending of this story in the first ten seconds of A New Hope. The title crawl of A New Hope tells you how this ends. So we finally see the crawl come to life. Yes, we, yeah. we, we we kind of... I, I feel like in the background of the film, there should just be a bit where you actually see the crawl floating in space. <laughs> that would have been an incredible strange.
0: They're in a ship, they're flying away, yeah. and there's just a crawl in the background. You, you see the Death Star <laughs> and just some white text just next to
1: it. Yeah. So, um, Felicity Jones is your lead here. <laughs>
0: Sorry, white text, yellow text. Yellow text. My apologies. I, was, I, was gonna say, I wasn't going to be <laughs> a
1: nitpicker. That was what it was.
0: Um, so, uh,
1: Felicity Jones is the lead. She is Jin Erso. <clears throat> she is the nomadic, streetwise, basically a sort of vagabond outlaw type kind of out for herself she's been uh, left to fend for herself for that part of a decade, 15 years she's been raised uh, until her teenage years by Forrest Whitaker's character who is a sort of rebel alliance slash terrorist type he is the guy too extreme for the rebel alliance and (laughs) she she is broken out of basically yeah and this is, we're going to get to that in a minute, Um, she is broken out of prison by the rebel alliance when they need her help in tracking down Forrest Whitaker as part of a scheme to get to a defecting Imperial pilot who has plans for a rumoured superweapon which could change the balance of power in the galaxy. And if you've seen a poster you know exactly what this clip is. So needless to say she teams up with the Rebel Alliance and the search is on for both Forrest Whitaker and this pilot and someone else you may have seen in some marketing. Here's a clip. Why does she get a blaster and I don't? What? I
0: know how to use it. That's what I'm afraid of. Give it to me. We're going to Jeddah. That's a war zone. That's not the point of... Where'd you get it? I found it. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Trust goes both ways. You're letting her keep it? Would you like to know the probability of her using it against you? It's high. Let's get going.
1: It's very high. So there is Alan Tudyk as the the reprogrammed droid K2SO, and Diego Luna
0: as Captain. What's his name? Uh, Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor, which may be my favourite name. Cassian Andor. Yeah, that's what I'm going to tell people that case is short for. I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> that really is not far off your name. Um, so, uh, needless to say,
1: Alan Tudyk steals the film as K2S. Yeah, as... He, he is your new favourite droid. He is. What was it you said
0: earlier? He's he's a droid that throws some shade. Throw shade. <laughs> he's a shade throwing droid. Yes, <laughs> I think he's like a passive aggressive C three PO. He really is. Because I think the reason why everyone hates C three PO is just he whines. He's too whiny. He is a very whiny character. Yeah. I'm just I'm just going to pull up the under. Not, not K two no K2, not at all he's not that character at all
1: uh, he is the alpha male to c3po that that's that's the way you'd, you'd call it yeah but one. um
0: he is uh, yeah he's he's, he's great isn't
1: he, he is great yeah. uh ben Mendelssohn, i think he uh, he makes for a quite an intriguing villain i think mm. he's overshadowed a little bit by a number of cameos and other elements and the basically the sheer weight of the the mm. ensemble good guy cast who i do think overshadow him slightly because they're so enjoyable and yeah, is, they
0: all have very good chemistry and they all seem quite well rounded as well
1: this is it i mean i there there are one or two weak links in the chain and in one of those cases it's not their fault but um i want to single out donny yen
0: absolutely yeah Donnie he's, yen is
1: definitely stand out owns this yeah.
0: uh, uh, when chiwiti uh, Ch- Ch- Yes, his that's
1: his name and uh, wen yang who's his sort of sidekick
0: yeah bays something
1: B- bays Baze malbus malbus bays Baze malbus. Baze malbus yeah this is one of those films that's got a lot of alien names that you're just not well, going to know how to pronounce. Yes, it's like Stan- Game of Thrones that way. Stan-
0: Standard Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Game of Thrones now, yeah. yeah.
1: Loads of names that you can't pronounce, and they always come with a, you know, a sort of
0: adjective. I, lo- I love trying to pronounce well. Game of Thrones names. There's one, <laughs> there's one as guy as well. that's
1: like Xanok Xeros Deros or something. Like Whoever knows anymore. Yeah. So, um, going down to the writing, the, the, the clever part of actually writing this film, which is uh, basically it's a story that you know the ending of. You know how this has to go, this story, because you've seen A New Hope. You you know, this is what leads to that plot. So bearing in mind that you know that what they've done, it's Chris Whites and Gary Witter, I think they've put this screenplay together. What they've done is basically made it about the journey, not the destination. And it's all about the characters, and it's all about how they get there and what they learn along the way. And I actually really liked that about it. It goes into an area of the Star Wars universe that we've never really seen before. Mm. Because, obviously, we know how this universe, you know, the the nuts and bolts of what each thing is. But we don't know how this universe works, exactly. So the Rebel Alliance, for instance, we actually get an
0: insight into the the day-to-day working of the Rebel Alliance, which we've never had before. And it's nice to see it as being a little bit of a grey area as well. It is. Sort of morally speaking. Which is something we've never had, because it's always just seemed like a little army. a good yeah. guy army hasn't a good it? guy army that's it but you never see it from the things that they have to do it's nice yeah. to see a film that gets to go into the gray area and and weirdly yeah. as an, the things that they don't want to do but we have to do it for the greater good exactly yeah. and there is also
1: a weird side effect where they wind up creating better anti-heroes than suicide squad
0: absolutely which yeah.
1: is i'm sort of thinking i never thought a star wars movie would out suicide squad suicide, suicide squad. squad yeah but fair you enough just,
0: you are more empathetic and you see them being as big a badass it's, it's, yeah. exactly there is no Character moment in this there's, there's no felicity
1: yeah. jones breaking your window saying we're bad guys it's well we do none of that nonsense there's just the there's heroics from bad yeah. guys that's it that that's what you need and i I like that about it um there are a couple and there's one very big computer effect which didn't work on me and mm. I know I know what the intention is to it and obviously we can't go into it for you know because you can spoil this yeah you can really easily spoil it's, Rogue one. it it
0: is being a fawn in a lot of people's sides yeah but also again about spoil I don't know how you could have done it
1: I, I I don't yeah. I don't to be fair but it is it's an effect that is going to bother you yeah and the biggest you'll know it when you see it and the biggest thing I could say is just accept it and move on yeah just
0: be fine with it and yeah. you will enjoy just,
1: just look yeah. past it
0: there are there way more pros and there are cons
1: there are yeah. um, let's stick with the cons though Diego Luna who I did not like as oh a, did, you, did you not get onto it no no he's like a. he's arguably like a male lead he's arguably the male lead of this I think yeah effectively um, enough yeah yeah I don't think he's really got the requisite charisma for this at all. He's very—he's delivering one of those performances where the, the, the sort of the emotional range of the character is verbalised rather than in any way expressed. Yeah, and the problem with that
0: is you then get a lot of a more weighty exposition. I feel it, it is yeah. that, but it's character exposition in yeah. a strange way as well. Yeah. And it's like I've, I've done things, man. I've yeah. seen some right, stuff, yeah, but I don't get that vibe
1: from you. Yeah. It, it just seems like you forgot to shave this morning, and, and that's why you look like that. It yeah, doesn't seem
0: like you've seen the horrors of war. Because yesterday, you said to me, you felt like it would have been a little bit would have played better if it was swapped with Riz Ahmed. Yes, if Riz Ahmed and Diego Luna yeah. had swapped roles, which I would have been fine, with, but I think that Riz Ahmed was great in his role. I think yeah. he would have been even better. Even better, better yeah. yeah. I think he's great. I think he would have been even better. I think, yeah, i I know there are faults, right? I'm struggling to find those faults because <laughs> I'm still just. I think it's last year with Force Awakens. I just. I see a new Star Wars film, and when you see one of a certain quality, you ride, you ride, the ride a high. bit of a high, don't you?
1: Let's talk about that quality then because Gareth Edwards, who's a rel- still a relatively untested property, he's an unknown Pretty commodity. Much, yeah,
0: he's done. Uh, did Monsters, obviously, did the remake of Godzilla well, to that varying he, effects. That, I think. I this is just, the third. Exactly. This is just his third, yeah. And He's wow. doing short films and stuff as well. But I mean, wow. It's a step this, up. It is this, definitely this, There's
1: everything up. in here from the Dirty Dozen to Halo. and yeah, You wow. get that
0: boots on the ground feel this is, and This is, is a war movie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, absolutely.
1: This is the first proper
0: Star Wars war movie. movie. And yeah. we've had movies
1: with the actual word war in the title. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I will say that these are the most spectacular dogfights
1: you will, you will oh, see. Oh, God, yeah. It's also, this is the thing, because it, it is... If you look at it academically as a film It is a better film than Force Awakens It is a braver film than The Force Awakens It takes more risks And strangely, yeah. it's a bigger film than The Force oh, Awakens Oh definitely, yeah And I never would have thought of all things Rogue One Would be yeah, a bigger, bigger film, film yeah. than Force Awakens
0: Something Really? that could be viewed as just being a prequel Yes Essentially is not Honestly, even a prequel, just... it's a prequel offshoot spin-off <laughs> yeah. thingy it, it wears many hats It does wear many hats, and it wears them well yeah. But I feel that I feel like he has done a really good job and it's been quite well Mm publicised, all of the reshoots and all of the the behind-the-scenes to-do that went off. And uh, Tony Gilroy was brought on board to sort of uh, either redo the screenplay and sort of oversee oversee the, the, the reshoots as well. But... They did what they needed to do to get the film. The film the has turned out well, and you yeah. know what? It, it's so not fine. it's not
1: Tony Gilroy walking down the red carpet at the premiere. It's it's Gareth Edwards. So let's let's just say you know it all it
0: all ended well. Yeah, everyone did a fantastic job.
1: And you know what? Yeah. For a film that's had behind the scenes drama, if that is the case, I think we can genuinely say this is one of the few success stories of that. Yeah. This is this is no Fantastic Four. Let's put it that way. Although I did ask you before the <laughs> film started, what do you think Josh Trank's up to
0: tonight? Yeah, and like I said crying in a corner,
1: <laughs> crying in a corner. Yeah. and uh, t- to be fair I was, I was cowering in a quarter by the end of this going oh my
0: god that was just
1: intense that was amazing yeah yeah that, um, that final third that, that's, that's, the final, that's all I'm going to say I'm going back I'm going back to the and see this in 40X uh, are you going back tomorrow. tomorrow? I'm going tomorrow, tomorrow night to see this in 4DX. Nice. I
0: would, I would like to see it in 3D because we got So yeah. we, we just got the 2D. We did see it in IMAX, which I would definitely applaud. Oh yeah, definitely there's some
1: massive scope and scale huge, to the visuals in huge. there. Huge. But I'm going to 4DX, and I'm dreading the third act of this because I don't think oh I'll my, be able yeah. to walk
0: after. No, you are you're going to have legs of jelly, sir.
1: I mean, I remember in Force Awakens when uh, when is it John Boyega ran a guy through with a lightsaber, yeah. and the 4DX seats just jabbed you just in go. the back at that moment. I don't know what the third act. Oh, of that's Rogue bad. One is going to be like it's going to be like someone just pimp slapping you yeah. constantly. You're not going to have a chair left. Your chair is just going to explode. It's going to be in tiny bits. It's going to be red left by <laughs> the other you're way. You're just you're just on you're just on a stool by the end of it. And there's just a crumbled seat around you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I think we all we said last year when Force Awakens came out that Star Wars was back. And guess what? It's still back. It continues to be back. It continues to be back. And now it's got teeth. So yeah, yes, rock on, Gareth Edwards. Please, more like this the latest
0: film news and reviews. This is off screen.
1: my wingman, in time. And we're back. And so
0: to you, my wingman, what do we have next? I like being referred to as a wingman. That's I, good. It, it fits. But speaking of wings... Speaking of wings... <laughs> let's talk about Gotham City Sirens.
1: Okay, well, there's technically a canary, I think, in, in Gotham City Sirens at some point. I, it's because I thought the next review was Eagle Hunters, so forgive my faux pas there. But, it's uh,
0: quite right. We're going to get to that, but we'll talk... Should should, should we talk about Gotham City Sirens? Let's let's do Gotham City Sirens first. Okay. Okay, so this is a brand new addition to the DC EU EU, or DC Cinematic Universe as they want to become.
1: I think it's a DC Extended. Extended
0: Universe, Universe, but they don't want to, uh, yeah. So that's what they're going to be called. Um, so after the sort of middling success of Suicide Squad, they're pressing ahead with some of the outright successes of Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. namely Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Oh, So we're going to be getting a Gotham City Sirens film. It's going to be directed by, uh, by David Ayer, who, who did Suicide who Squad. Who did
1: Suicide Squad. But this is the weird yeah. thing, because this is apparently one of Calvin's favourite comic books.
0: Yeah, I've heard great things about well, the he, actual run. He
1: was very upset about the news that they were going to make this movie.
0: <laughs> so for those not aware, it, it basically concerns Harley Quinn... Uh, Catwoman and Poison Ivy. They've kind of main three, and so there's also conveniently,
1: Canary. conveniently the three that always get chosen for cosplay functions. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Imagine Weird, that. It's it? funny yeah. how that. Let's, happens. let's try not to be cynical. Let's try and let's try and be positive. Let's 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 try not to I'm be cynical. Struggling. I'm struggling. Let's let's
1: not point out that so they so clearly want to just exploit the Batman brand for merchandising purposes, and they're tired of waiting on Ben Affleck, so they'll just toss out any old garbage. And I have got some and, news yeah. related
0: to that later on, but I will get fair to play, you. fair play. But um, yeah. It's not going to date, but we've just announced that David Ayer is going to be one well, making it. I believe it's got a screenwriter, but I'm not entirely sure. Oh, it is. did! I forget this now. Who was it? Yeah. Someone's
1: actually got something actively in development at the moment, and I
0: forget offhand. Yeah, day. I'm not entirely sure, but I think I think we can agree that Margaret Robbie was one of the highlights. Yeah, her performance was forward. it was, yeah, a little... she was fantastic. Yeah, it was a little. And little... <clears throat> I still want to trust David Ayer as well. Well, they are. He's had he's had more hits and misses for me.
1: That's true. He yeah. they are still pushing ahead though. With there is in not in active development, but there are plans still a fort for a Suicide
0: Squad 2. There is, yeah. And a Deadshot, and a deadshot shot standalone as well. Because so once you've got this Smith, extended universe, it really is bloody extended, isn't it? It, it really is. It keeps is. on extended.
1: One could argue it's
0: over extended, but... Uh, I-oh. I-oh. <laughs> but yeah, I will, I will welcome it and then we'll see when I see it. Well that's it. I mean yeah. let's let's be honest. It's
1: going to be frenzied action, let's just say. It's going to be some fun action scenes I imagine. It will
0: it'll be a fun night out just get off your face on popcorn.
1: I would I would very much like it if David and I remembered to hire someone for lighting this time
0: around. That would yeah. be nice. Just because it's dark doesn't mean it needs to be murky. You don't need to just rub mud <laughs> you on your you. Still camera. need lighting. <laughs> These films still need to be lit. We need to be lit. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so tell me about uh, The Eagle Huntress.
1: Okay, Eagle Huntress which is a documentary for, uh, pr- produced by uh, directed by Otto Bell. Um this is going this is a bit of a weird one. This is the here uh, this is the story of uh, a kazakhstani 13-year-old kazakhstani girl who mm. grows up in the wilderness uh, the documentary crew follow her and her family as she reaches the age where she decides she wants to become an eagle huntress hence mm. the rather rather clever title uh, because that's it they they train you capture you train an eagle and then the eagle hunts foxes for you and then you use the foxes for Fair. yeah everything okay. and uh, this is the story of this young girl and this is the thing in 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 her community in her cultural uh, element Girls generally don't do this. It's kind of unheard of. And mm. she becomes the first. Now, the movie's produced by uh, uh, Morgan Spurlock. Oh, is it really? It's produced by Morgan Spurlock. But also, yeah. more weirdly, and I do not know how this came about, it's also co-produced by Daisy Ridley. Because hmm. that's, she, she's,
0: uh, the, the she narrator.
1: She is also the narrator. Apparently that's an 11th hour edition as well. She, she, after they sold it at sundown, she agreed to give five minutes of narration to it. And she's oh. actually quite a good narrator. They, they showed it without the narration. And having seen the film, I can kind of understand how that worked. Yeah. Because I think it would have been more of a, an edgy artistic piece without the narration. I think the narration grounds it slightly. Uh, we've not got a clip because it is all entirely in Kazakhstani. Um, I thought this was really impressive, mm. but it's impressive
0: it on, really interesting.
1: on more of a visual level. It's the kind of uh, nature documentary, in a weird way, that makes you genuinely wonder why this wasn't given sort of an experimental run in IMAX. And mm. it would, you know, just put it on in like one or two IMAX screens across how, the country. How, how long is the film? It's, I think it's about 87 minutes. Okay, so it's not too so long. Well, it's quite short. Right, sure. yeah. I, I feel like... like a special run? Yeah. Like, like a BFI or something? Yeah, something yeah. like that. It totally would fit that. And you're going think, my God, because the way they have shot this landscape, the story it's telling, which is... And she's a really fascinating sort of figure to follow because mm. of, she's balancing... She takes on cultural norms without even really realising it. And at the same time, she has this really tender and very touching relationship with her eagle. And the, we see the lengths that you have have to go to to capture an eaglet which i think is the term it's an eagle i think that's the term for a, a young eagle i think okay i think that's, the, that's what they say i, um, I will
0: go with it until someone tells me it's
1: not i'm pretty sure it's an eaglet and yeah i was i was really blown away by it i thought this is really something really why you would dump this out the same week as rogue one i don't know but yeah. it feels because obviously putting something out the same week as rogue one is is kind of the same as burying it really
0: well it can but, be could can be seen as being sort of like a
1: Counter program. This is not episode yeah. one of the Mummy. That was, a, you know, that yeah. was one of the most famous examples of counter program. Mm. But this is not a case. I still of that.
0: can't believe that happened.
1: That did happen, and yeah. you know what? It worked out fine for both. It really did.
0: It yeah. did, and it made Brendan Fraser a bankable star. Who knew? Yeah. I think everyone enjoys the Mummy more than
1: episode one. Episode yeah, one. I think yeah. everybody. Yeah, literally, every George Lucas enjoys the Mummy more. Oh, than how, one. how
0: much would you want to see Brendan Fraser in the new Mummy? How much? Just a cameo. Just walking by, Just oh. getting on a bus or something. I didn't. I, but it's only like film news for you. What's I didn't this? know. I don't know if you knew this.
1: Um, you know the mummy. You know the uh, Russell Crowe character turning up in the mummy. He's he was meant to be Mister Jekyll.
0: Yeah. I am I right in thinking he's essentially going to be like a Nick Fury. Style? He's going to be a Nick yeah, Fury. Yeah. He's going to be Time Threads. Yeah, yeah. He's
1: running what's like a Shield organization. Oh, that's cool. It is. He's Doctor Jekyll is effectively yeah. running this universe's version of Shield. Apparently, it's called Prodigium. 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 Apparently that's the name of it. And that's how all these films are going to tie together. I, I came across this in a Guardian article...
0: And I'm like, what? How? I've not. Where have you gotten that from? I'd never heard that. So I wasn't sure if he was going to be getting his own film or if he was just going to pop up. Apparently, there, there is them.
1: going to be a Jacqueline and Hyde film. So make of it what you will. But yeah, Prodigium, that's your new shield. It's up there with Monarch in uh, the I, Godzillaverse. Absolutely, it's up there yeah. with Argus August, in the DCEU. Yeah. It's up there with SHIELD in Marvel. They've all got organizations. Yeah, they've all got their own acronyms. They've all got their own organizations. And then in Star Wars, obviously, you have the Rebel Alliance slash the Resistance. <laughs> Although, who are they resisting? They're the good
0: guys. It doesn't make any sense. But it sounds bloody great. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) Right, so we've finished the top ten for the week, then. Let's do it. Number five. Allied, which is hanging in there. Three weeks.
1: It is, but it's just not as impressive as you want it to be. The first half has a wonderful travelogue sort of feel to it. Mm. And, and I, I love that about it, but it doesn't quite pan out that way once it switches to yeah. the default man against his wife thriller. And it's, it, there is something really weird, by the way, about seeing uh, Brad Pitt doing that sort of t- a decade after, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, yeah. in which he basically did the same thing, but it was fun. And you know, there is that weird element to it. Although, uh, I like his performance. It, it does show he
0: is a classic movie star, although he feels too old for the, uh, too old for the part. It's very strange. Yeah it's strange, because I often say about Brad Pitt that Brad Pitt is becoming Robert Redford.
1: He is, and I feel like <laughs> yeah. Allied is a sort of film that makes you think, why can you not just go off and become mm. Robert Redford now? I just wonder who's going to be the new Brad Pitt now. Do you know who I'm I think would be a good, good, a good equivalent to Brad Pitt? If it, if Was it somehow could happen, and he would be great as the lead in Allied. Just hear me out on this one. This might be bonkers, or it might be brilliant. John Krasinski. I've said it. There you go. I'll go with that You go with that? I'll go with that Okay, yeah There you go John Krasinski could totally do it He is Krasinski, isn't it? Yeah From, okay. from the US office From the US office yeah. And uh, 13 hours 13 hours And also he's the new Jack Ryan for Amazon Prime but He is yeah. He is looking forward to that And he's
0: married to Emily Blunt great, great guy Great Blunt. guy Love John Krasinski
1: <laughs> Really, we, we all want to be John Krasinski now It's official Number four Office Christmas party A new entry <laughs> Which is, you know what? It's like an actual office Christmas party In which you just
0: go And you enjoy it for a couple hours And then the next yeah, morning you, You're kind of over it <laughs> This is but, kind of uh, the time when they all happen. It's sort of this week or next week when everyone has a big big parties, isn't it? it it's very true. Yeah. Um mine mine sort of is on Friday. It's just gotta be everyone going getting drunk at the pub. You know, the problem it's with, kind of <laughs> the problem with, the problem with Office of
1: Christmas as a film is that it's just, it, everything in it you expect. You expect yeah. TJ Miller to be playing this character. You expect Jennifer Aniston to be playing that character. You expect Jason Bateman to be playing this character with this storyline, with this actress. Yeah. And you expect, uh, it, and then everything in it. Randall Park turns up as that character you know he always plays. And it's just, I, I, it's Christmas dinner. I know what's on the plate
0: before I sit down. I know yeah. how every individual bit tastes because it tasted the same last year. But I like, enjoy it, but exactly it's like, like Christmas dinner. Isn't it good to just have it, have it once a year, have it routinely and know what you're getting?
1: That's it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it, it is another addition to the uh, you know the still surprisingly thin pantheon of uh, surprisingly slim pantheon of R-rated Christmas comedies, but because uh, there, there are so few of them.
0: Yeah, it, have it, you watched uh, the night before?
1: Yes, so Good did day. I. Yeah, have I
0: enjoyed it a lot more the second time around. I did as well. Have you, have you had
1: the pleasure of Howl and Kumar's 3D Christmas yet this year? I have
0: indeed. I've now seen that film three times.
1: Three times. Didn't
0: we yeah. see that at a midnight screen together when it came out? No, that was yeah. out before I even knew you were President Somerset.
1: Oh, okay, that, that's yeah. fair enough. But, uh, no, I I I, uh, I I didn't mind Office Christmas by I just wasn't blown away by it. And I really, really... Because Bad Santa had been such a letdown. Yeah, you I wanted really a wanted,
0: Christmas film.
1: I, that's it. I wanted to go in and I wanted to laugh until I burst. Yeah. And Just
0: watch Scrooge. Watch
1: well, that's, Scrooge it. that's it. I'm going to have to. Yeah,
0: that's it. Number three. Sully. Miracle on the Hudson. You hate reading that stuff. I hate reading that like. <laughs> I hate when films are marketed as one thing in one country. And then because maybe the incident is based on happening in a different country or whatever, they decide to... St- Tag on oh, this extra p- thirteen hours. The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. You know, yeah, I hate it. It's like what? We always tag it on in like like the bloody eleventh hour. Oh, do you no remember way. when?
1: Remember when they released Fast Five in this country and they named it Fast and Furious Five Rio Heist? Rio Heist. Heist. And yeah. I have never seen a DVD box with that cover on since. No. It's never happened. It's terrible. I've only seen that poster once, and yeah. it was in a, a secluded corridor in Sydney. They <laughs> so stuck it like, <laughs> Just took cor- it away. just <laughs> in a corner where no one could see it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Sully is basically a high-end TV movie, really, if anything else. Yeah. Um it's really
0: well shot. It's really it's, well made. It's very well high-end. Well
1: acted. It's very high-end. Yeah. But it is a TV movie. It is a serialised drama. It's, it's, You know what? If this had come out as a one-off Netflix drama,
0: you, you, You'd you'd go a lot easier on it, wouldn't you? I would have much preferred to see a documentary about it.
1: Yeah, actually, I'd go with that yeah. as well.
0: But because uh, he's still around, Sully's still around, and when this happened, he was giving talks and it was yeah. on chat shows, which is quite well documented in the in the film. Very true. Yeah, he's on that Letterman and, stuff.
1: Well, no, Clint Eastwood has his sense of American regal uh, yeah. regency. Has so Clint Eastwood now have and... made a doc. I don't well, know actually. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Sully is. You won't mind it. It's not bad. Not a bad film or anything like that. It's just you're you're not particularly good. you're not going to come away going oh my god that was good that was gripping and intense you're going to come away and go hey, it was alright number two
0: Moana which I've also seen
1: ah go for I've it I've also come
0: seen come on lay it on me because you've been, you've been itching to hit me back for this go on I have Um, I do not think that it is the equivalent to Hunchback you don't okay what what, you what's, what's the equivalent for you Uh, maybe honest Okay. Yeah, okay, I'll yeah. go with that. I'll go I'd with say Pocahontas. Fine, fine. Uh, I think the songs were actually more, more memorable that some people are given credit to. Um, I think it continues to be a fantastic addition to hmm. this. It, I guess it'd be the third golden age of Disney now, wouldn't it? Would be, I, I yeah. I suppose, if the second was in the like mid-90s. What, well, early? Um, early. Well, yeah, I thought it was great I thought the rock was really well cast um, I've forgotten the name of the lady who voices Moana But I thought she was great Caravallo, something Caravallo Yeah, yeah. Um, there, is, there is a scene where Jermaine Clement absolutely steals it And oh, I, I, I will know. not spoil it well, It's but like his only scene so. It's his only scene, but he just <laughs> he steals the whole film mm. Yeah, essentially singing a Flight of the Concord song Effectively, yes Yeah, but uh, no, it was great I can't wait to see it again Number one Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Spoiler: New York. That's where you going to find them.
1: That's where you find them. Uh, Put that thing back where it came from. Also, also help me. me. Uh, Goosebumps <laughs> for the Harry Potter verse. Uh, Doctor Who goes to Magic Land. Which would um, have been a
0: much better title.
1: <laughs> really, it is what it, you know. It is what it is, and it's one of those films. It is critic proof. It really is. The Harry Potter fan base is so rabid now, and mm-hmm. the the universe so generally appealing that it is. It's, it's critic proof in the way that a Bond film is. And
0: yeah, we can say that it's. It's just, it's not the best It's, you can't it's a perfectly, it's a
1: perfectly fra- fine Franchise it's launcher It's
0: perfectly serviceable
1: That's it, it's a franchise launcher And to be fair, it's going to sell some ones um, Does it need to do anything else?
0: With the latest film news and reviews This
1: is Offscreen The on-screen radio show Ah, we're back
0: and dancing. So, now that the needle's been dropped, what you got for me, Mr. Al? I got some news about a film that we uh, reviewed. Was it last week or not? a week previous? Um, it's a film called Mums List. That was t- two or three weeks ago, I think. Something probably. like that, yeah. yeah. Um, they're actually uh, launching a pretty worthwhile cause. I uh, don't know if you've heard about this. It's what? going to be called uh, The Mums List uh, Legacy. Um, it's going to be a series of workshops. Yeah, I heard um, about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, it's going to be like a self-help uh, mindfulness Seminar, sort of seminar, workshop, thing. workshop type Workshops thing. kind okay. of thing, yeah. It's going to help people uh, uh, coping with loss and grief, essentially. Oh. Pretty worthwhile, yeah. Um... Just a quick recap of what the film is basically about. This is the one where Rafe Spall's yeah.
1: wife died of cancer and he had to raise his kids based on a series of lists that she, le- a post-it
0: notes she left behind. Yeah, wasn't that it? is exactly right. Yeah. Right, okay. So this cause is going to be supporting people that have gone through some pretty tough times in, big, in regards to losing. It was a true story, wasn't it? It wasn't either a true story. It was a true yeah.
1: story that became a novel, that became a film, that has now become
0: a workshop. it uh, yeah. <laughs> all become something else. It'll become. Yeah. Wow, okay. And it's yeah, pretty, real for pretty charity worthwhile. And yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so. yeah, if, if you would like to know more about it, mm-hmm. uh, go to uh, MLLWorkshops.com and you can find all the pertinent information right there at your fingertips. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have a look at that myself, actually. It could be, could be pretty helpful. There we are then. Yeah. So, final
1: review of the week then. Last one. What have you got for me, sir? Uh, through the wall. Uh, Rama Bernstein mm. directing. This is. Uh, g- g- I'm, we're not going to clip because it's entirely it's entirely in Hebrew. Um, oh, yeah. th- this is. I'm, I'm going to pitch this to you basically as my big fat Hasidic wedding. <laughs>
0: Is, I've been waiting for that
1: remake. <laughs> yeah, you, you could almost call this, but rather than being the broad comedy that Big Fat Greek Wedding was, this mm. is a little bit. This is you know more of a dramedy of a, se- of a sense, more of an almost quasi tragic kind of dramedy. Uh, you've got um, a young woman, about thirty, thirty-two, thirty-three-year-old woman named uh, Michelle, and she has she's been engaged. She's a month out from her wedding, and her fiance sits her down one day and says, "I don't want to marry you anymore. I'm not in love with you anymore," and <laughs> she decides in rather than giving in to sort of post breakup depression what she's going to do instead and this is mental what she's going to do instead is she's going to keep the wedding date and the venue and everything booked right and she's going to turn up on the day to the wedding in a month's time and in the meanwhile god can find her, her her groom Right. because as she puts it, I've sorted the catering and and the dress. The least God can do is get that me the guy. That was going
0: to be my plan B if Cassie decided she didn't want to do it. <laughs> I did Just notice you were very nervous th- that morning. Throw it out to yeah. the wind. more than usual, which is usually quite. Uh, lot. Although I do remember she was about twenty minutes late. So <laughs> funny story. Do you know why that was? Go on. Because we had like services for tea and coffee and stuff all set up. Yeah. Everybody forgot to buy milk and sugar. Ah, oh, fair enough. So I was like walking around doing like the last minute. You could checks. just ask
1: me to pop out and just put it out.
0: No, I I had to get my best man, who was picking up Cassie for the wedding, to go out and buy milk. So that's why they were I really hope.
1: Late. I really hope he stopped at Morrison's and left her in the car in full bridal gear. I Think that
0: he did? Oh my
1: god, that's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, back to this yeah. wedding. In the meanwhile, just okay. an anecdote about my life. So uh, that's it. She's waiting for the groom. To, she's waiting for fate to deliver her a groom. She yeah. meets men in, over the course of this month, and it's. What's going to happen? Is she going to find the soulmate? Does, does Destiny want to help her out? Is there a God who can do this for her? And rather than as I say, rather than go for the broad comedy, they, they decide to play it for all the emotional ringing they can. And it is actually quite affecting. It's actually got this great performance at the centre of it all. Uh, the writing is quite crisp, quite sharp. It's one of those films that does... You think from the, actual, from, from the initial concept that what you're in for is something like serendipity. You know, a ludicrous, oh, it's all in the stars, kind of... Of all about the whimsy but it's not it plays it a lot straighter than that and i i really liked it as a result but you know do pitch it as my big fat hasidic wedding but slightly less serious slightly more serious than the greek equivalent yeah. but uh i think it's going to find its audience i think it occurs on film and that's exactly where it's going to find its audience
0: yeah. it's Completely, little it'll, it'll place of sin. In, certain in the Curzon, it's yeah, totally
1: going to find that audience in there. It, it is in the right place for it, but uh, it's not film of the week. Anyway, I'm sorry, I can't I, give a film. I
0: wonder of the week. what is.
1: Well, uh, I think we can hazard a guess on this one. It is, uh, of course, none other than. Mr. Rogue One, ladies and gentlemen, which it's terrific. Everyone needs to see this as soon as possible. We're gonna keep using that siren forever now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have as my alarm and get freaked out. Everyone. I've got it as my text <laughs> tone uh, on my phone. But you on a siren you go see a <laughs> Exactly. So Rogue One, totally go and see this. It's awesome. It is awesome. Like I, I genuinely cannot believe how good this is. And yeah. like I say, bigger, bolder, braver than. Mm. You know what, Force Awakens
0: like a lot of the other much better blockbusters this year it's one of those blockbusters where you finish it and then you're thinking about it mm. for like the next day afterwards yeah,
1: yeah I will go with that because I have found myself it, it has sat with me
0: I would I say keep going it's back sat to it in, well, in my mind so, so yeah.
1: that's good let's have a look at what we've got next week we've got some interesting ones because uh, the film screen the press screens are kind of all over the place at the minute so we're yeah, getting well, a lot of yeah in, in yeah. the run up to, to Christmas so next yeah. week on the podcast edition only we have monster trucks because uh, <laughs> I can't I can't can't legally review until twelve oh one on Boxing Day, which means we put the pod. We can't put it on the radio edit. We can so put it out on the podcast, and then I have to swap the podcast out for the version that has it at twelve oh one on Boxing Day, which I can automate. Thankfully, um, <laughs> we also have um, Operation Chromite, the Liam Neeson one. That is Boxing Day as well, so we're going to review that next week. In fact, we're going to do the New Year's Day ones as well. So we've got a monster calls. We've got that to look forward to. Uh, what else have we got now? Uh, we've got passengers as well the Chris Pratt Jennifer Lawrence sci-fi movie we've got Silence Scorsese's back Marty Scorsese. Marty goes monk on us. We've got uh, Assassin's Creed because apparently there's been not enough video games have been turned to movies this year.
0: Now so it's that's uh, Michael Fassbender.
1: Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. Jock We've got why him? James Franco versus <laughs> Brian Franston. Cranston. I mean, do you know who else was in that? Who on?
0: Keegan Michael Key. Yes, I do know that. His manservant. Yeah.
1: And a film that we're all waiting for now that it's come out that's apparently awful, uh, collateral beauty, in which yeah. Will Smith meets uh, death, love, and time. 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 Yeah. Death and love. Yeah, which what could possibly go wrong with that concert
0: that's got a great cast <laughs> that's got a great so, cast Michael Penn is in it
1: <laughs> exactly so, you know, Mikey P we'll see how Mikey P fares yeah. against Will Smith next week so in the meanwhile this has been a Candy Store production for On Screen I've been Van Conner I've
0: been as always Case Allen
1: and we'll be back
0: just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way
1: you've been listening to Off Screen for more news and reviews visit onscreenfilm.com okay Podcast extras then, Mr. Allen. So, do you want to give me some film news? titles over so we can. I'll give a few other
0: pieces before we get some more uh, film reviews out of you. So, um, the Critics' Choice Awards.
1: Oh, yeah, this was the other awards this week, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, this is it's one of the first sort of big ones that kicks mm. off the awards season. Uh, they uh, they handed out all their prizes uh, the other night. Um, so, what I'm going to do, I'm going to have the top five. Go on. So, they'll be Best Picture, Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, and Supporting Actress... It's up to you, my friend, to guess them. So, who are we who going to say for uh, supporting actress? Supporting actress. Film and actress.
1: Ooh, supporting is a difficult one because I always yeah. get hung up on this. That's
0: why starting I'm starting here. Uh, starting hard.
1: Oh, well. Because I think
0: you can guess best picture. Probably. Um, I don't know.
1: No, I, I don't know. know supporting actress. I'm terrible with supporting actress and actor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the film is Fences. Oh, is it uh, uh, Viola Davis? Viola Davis, yeah.
0: Yeah, who. Is the front runner now for Best Supporting uh, Actress at, uh, at, the, uh, at the Academy Awards? I would be very happy with that. I, I, like. like she would be the nominated twice. I believe she's be nominated for, for was it for Doubt and for The Help. The help. Yeah, yeah. I'd be really, really happy for her to get that. I,
1: I would. I like The Old Days very much. She's got a TV show now, hasn't she? she? she
0: yes, yeah, Shondaland. House Getaway. the it. Yeah, she's part of the uh, Shonda Rhimes's crew. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. On, uh, moving
0: got? on to uh, Best Sporting Actor. Who are we saying?
1: Best Supporting Actor. Uh, it's not Mark Ryland's of the BFG, so... <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Uh, I don't know. Is it uh, Kieran Sony for uh, Deadpool? I don't know. <laughs>
0: no. I think I'll be the only person trying <laughs> to go for Kieran Sony for Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> God, who is it? Um, uh, Mashallah Ali. Oh, for Moonlight. Yeah. Oh, I love Mashallah Ali. A- Big push for he, that film.
1: I can see why he's so good in everything he's been in lately, and yeah. I mean even uh, Luke Cage on on Netflix. He was so amazing. Oh, in come that. off was great. Yeah, oh,
0: and, was. and even that was a great twist. But mm, that, that he isn't. The, yeah. Okay. But, uh, best actress.
1: Best actress. Okay. This, this
0: is the crowded, the most crowded field.
1: I would Did say. Michelle Williams get it for Manchester by the Sea? No, because she's up for supporting. the pushing. Oh, okay, it. okay. Yeah. No, that would have been my guess. Then would have been Michelle. Uh, is it Natalie Portman for Jackie? It is. is it's for
0: Jackie, yeah. Holy crap, I got one. But it's kind of it's been looked as sort of like a push between her um Ruth Negga for Loving.
1: Oh, yes, yeah.
0: and also Emma Stone for La La Land. Mm. So it's it's a real tight one.
1: I think with season. the thing I, I love about the the idea that Ruth Negga is getting all this publicity for for Loving is that she to me is just she's the the girl in the flower dress from Agents of Shield.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what she is because i would never yeah. seen her anything before. I just though. I know her from uh, from Preacher.
1: Yes, she's yeah. Preacher, Preacher, she left Agents of Shield and has gone into Preacher. Preacher and, yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, okay, uh, last two. Best actor.
1: Best actor. Oh, okay. Hold on. Is it Joel Edgerton for, uh, for uh, Loving?
0: No. Oh, okay. I uh, mean, they are making a push for him as well.
1: I would imagine so. I'm surprised by that one. Okay, it's yeah. not. Boy, well, it's not going to be Tom Hanks for Silly, let's be honest. <laughs> uh. It's not going to be Liam Neeson from Monster Calls. <laughs> best tree monster. Best tree monster. He's credited on the poster, by the way, as just the monster. The monster. But no, 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 go on.
0: Okay, uh, Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck from Manchester by yeah, the Sea. which makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, good for Yeah, well, that's cool. So hopefully that have got the game a bit of a boost. And finally, best picture, I'm sure you can get this one. Was that Manchester by the Sea? No, it wasn't. You oh. have failed. Okay, is that loving? No, is you it failed. Even is it moonlight? You continue to fail. What is you it? Can't then? Stop failing. Is it a rival?
1: It is La La Land. Oh, La La Land. Okay, oh, fair enough.
0: It's, oh, musicals. No,
1: no, no. I'm looking forward to La La Land. I'm, I can't wait for I, that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, I, I've not even seen a trailer. I just have you not seen a trailer? No, no.
0: I've, we should, I, we I should, held should do that after we have. Uh, no, 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 no. am because,
1: because of it being a musical. I want to hold back and just I want to, I want to do the experience. I, oh, I fair enough. Yeah. Well,
0: not not much is spoiled in in terms of the songs. Well, you know, people yeah. have told me it's great and everything,
1: and yeah. I, I don't know anything particularly about the, the, the any ins and outs of the story and stuff like that. It's,
0: just, it's an original movie That's it. Set in LA. So that's I'm it. That's
1: I'm content to, to leave it and just see the film cold. Yeah, and it's the first pressure back from Christmas and that. will <laughs> be a good way to ease you in. Yeah, I, I
0: feel like you know that's gonna
1: be an interesting morning, but uh,
0: okay, after your absolute failure. Of guessing, I'll go. Shall we have a review? Try and redeem yourself.
1: Okay, okay. Should we talk then, about it? I'll, so. I'll,
0: I'll be nice, I'll, I'll give you some more news.
1: Okay, okay. We'll talk about The Son of Joseph then, which is uh, French film, Le Fils de Joseph, I believe. Hmm. Stars, uh, well, a bunch of people you don't really know, but it does have, as its figurehead, uh, Matthew Amalric. Remember from oh, Blue right. Room, yeah,
0: yeah, um, and uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, isn't that?
1: And a uh, former Bond villain, whom everyone likes to forget, was yeah. a Bond villain, <laughs> largely because the movie sucked. But <laughs> what well, uh, exactly
0: it is a quantum?
1: <laughs> exactly, what is a quantum, and why is it so lonely? Anyway, <laughs> um, so what you've got here is a story of um, a young Parisian teenager. So, film's entirely in French language. Um, a young Parisian teenager. He's been raised um, with no knowledge of his father. He, his mother, has never really imparted the the, the knowledge of who his dad was. On him, one day he discovers, by chance, his dad is not only alive, but his mum has been in contact with him, that his dad knows about him and wants nothing to do with him, despite his mother's requests, you know, please acknowledge your son. Um, he tracks down the dad,
0: hmm.
1: who is uh, Matthew Armoric, and uh, <laughs> instinct, just almost instinctively, without even thinking, ties into a chair and torments him. And then runs fleeing from the building. He's later found, and the search is on for this Parisian teenager. In the meanwhile, he winds up befriending a man who turns out to be his uncle, who's Matthew Armorix's almost resentful brother. And the two strike a sort of parent- a bizarre parental bond. So he winds up seeing more of a father figure in his uncle than his actual father, who he just instinctively dislikes. And what you've got is actually this this really sweet relationship that develops between this teenage boy his. Biological uncle, and between the uncle and the mother as well, and they become a sort of unlikely family unit. And in the in the background as well, you have the idea that the uh, the police and everything are looking for this kid, but because he lives a certain distance away, they don't mm. seem to seem to be able to find him. And it's this really intriguing. Mm kind of there's something farcical about it it's not an outright farce, but there is a light hearted dark hearted twinge to it if you know what i mean there's, there's a, a a a loose dark hearted twinge to it um it's uh, It's by Eugene Green, whose work i don't know particularly offhand He is la Sapienza remember that, that mean? yeah vaguely yeah. see I never really got the, I never got the pleasure of that one Let's see la Sapienza the Portuguese nun Correspondences memories. The Living World. Now, I'm not familiar with Eugene Green's work, to be
0: honest. But uh, I thought, yeah. Right, but his first name rhymes with surname.
1: Eugene Green, yeah, I know. I always
0: appreciate that in a person.
1: Well, you know, we do have Johan Johansson is my favourite name. 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 That is a great name, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, isn't it? Um. It, what was what he did the score for recently? Uh, for Arrival. For Arrival. That's yeah. it. Because we're just talking about Arrival all the time,
0: now. <laughs> and we'll continue to talk about it in our Top Ten of the Year. Top probably. Ten of year.
1: Um. But yeah, I I did like. it I thought it was really well staged. I thought it had uh, an intriguing setup. I thought it was quite cleverly put together. I liked the uh, the performance at the centre of it all. Um. Matthew O'Meara, I thought, played Sleaze really well because he's just an almost requisitely Sleazy. Did he dad. Uh, play
0: Sleaze with ease? Uh,
1: sleaze with ease, as it yeah. were But uh, Victor uh, Eszenfi, who plays the plays uh, Vincent, the, the the teenage boy at the centre He is terrific, although he's great He really emotes, but he plays it in a sort of almost dour way Like, you know, I don't really want to do this I feel like I'm doing this because I have to Like I have an obligation to And then, that, you, know, and then you have the whole relationship <clears throat> with the uncle Which I thought unfolded really nice I thought it was a really sweet relationship But um, I quite liked it, I really did but uh, cool. it, it sounds good. If you're into if you're into your, your European cinema, then you know you can do a lot worse. Um, I'd say there's more mainstream appeal in this, for instance, than Blue Room recently,
0: hmm. which, which we, we watched a couple of a couple months ago. Oh, did you me, did yeah. you watch Blue Room? I haven't seen well. it now. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, it good. Right, uh, do you want some more news? Over to you, Yep. Um, so the trailer for uh, Fast and Furious Eight dropped. Oh yes, well, it dropped on Sunday. With it dropped a poster and also a new title. Do you know what that title is? I do because it annoys me. It, it annoys me, but then I switch off the intellectual part of my brain and mm. switch on the, oh look, cars and explosions. No, part no, of no. My no. Brain. It annoys me because they missed a trick. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. First of all, the title is. The Fate of the, the Furious, fate of the furious is, yeah. is the trick spelling it F and then with an 8 Yeah because that's yeah. the
1: hashtag The hashtag that they're it with The Twitter hashtag yeah. is Hashtag F8 Now
0: why is it I not, I, not I, the f of the furious? I, I appreciate they've done it like this And not like Tacferine or Five and All Destination <laughs> Or Stick. <laughs> oh, yeah I hate that trope but Yeah I but it. with Fast and Furious It is so brazen and bold And just, just dumb That it just says Look fate rhymes with 8 well, that's the thing. This, this movie belongs to a franchise that invented that trend.
1: Yeah, this—oh, yeah. Fast and Furious invented the idea of sticking numbers ridiculously in your title, regardless of whether or not they made any sense. Because nobody in their right mind would logically have assumed "Too Fast, Too Furious" would have been the title for the second one at all. Yeah, Fast Five is an almost
0: genius. I'm not even too to sure where title. that even lands in the continuity of the film anymore. <laughs> <Or> just. <laughs> why is two in there twice is it the 22nd yeah. like is it's, it the it's fourth star wars isn't it it's i just, don't know it's mad
1: but, but uh, uh that
0: that comes out uh april it is, um, the trailer is
1: so badass it I really mean, is
0: a submarine chasing cars <laughs> <No>. <laughs> which, which i believe is how i sold you the film I, i'd you seen did. the trailer before you and i text you
1: you text me there's, there's a submarine car just my like, i'm
0: so on this i am in yeah uh dom toretto might be a clone Oh, no. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, do, I won't put it past him to have. He might have some kind of like evil microchip in his neck. I've got. It a, might be an evil clone robot. I've
1: got a text from Calvin. Calvin watched it, and I forget what he said. And it was it was this brilliantly succinct, dumbed down version of what it was, in which he commented on the fact that Vin Diesel was like all in black. And he said, "Yeah, uh, he hang on, it's somewhere in here." I've, I see. We've just. It's, got,
0: it's kind of like the Nega version.
1: The negative, yeah, yeah, the the inverse, the negative (laughs) version of, yeah. But uh, I, so you, I've got two pages of uh, oh here we are <laughs> two pages of Star Wars talk on my text feed with Calvin. <laughs> uh, that's what he said. So with Vin Diesel's dark Deathstroke outfit in the Fate of the Furious, yeah. it's vis- it's officially become a superhero franchise with cars, and I am totally okay oh, with well,
0: that. I, f- I think that happened a long time ago. I, oh, I did I think that, that ship or car <laughs> that sub <was> yeah. sailed. <laughs> that submarine that sub has sailed. sailed. <laughs> uh, I want to watch it again. Right, uh, Patrick Wilson. Go on. I like him a lot. He is strong, sturdy, he is reliable. Um, he has terrified me ever since Hard Candy. Oh my god, yeah. Mm. That's yeah that is We uh, tend to forget that chapter don't we Yeah I think for a reason I think it's been blocked a little bit He's going to be uh, in Aquaman which of course uh, being directed by his pal James Wan uh, James Wan Well, because he's some of a good luck charm to
1: James Wan because he's got the insidious not insidious
0: Is it insidious Yeah insidious with him And, uh, con- um, and conjuring. conjuring yeah, yeah. I, I almost said of the conjuring then I should have <laughs> all Did insidious, said insidious done time. the
1: conjuring So there's a connection. He's got sort of a
0: partnership, yeah. But um, he's going to be a bad guy, which is great because I don't think he plays villain. He's going to
1: be Orm, the Ocean Master, Ocean Master,
0: who is the evil half brother of Uh, of
1: Aquaman. Which which means think about that for a second. It means there is going to be a superhero movie in which we are genuinely expected to believe that Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson are related. I mean, seriously. Well, half brother, half brother.
0: (laughs) Which half? I don't know from the waist down uh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but, I don't know Patrick was He could put on some Put on some muscle Between I, now and then I don't know I, I we, think We'll see could. We'll see Yeah it's, it's more it. the, the skin colour Yeah there different. is that Because
1: yeah. Jason is quite tan isn't he? Is, he, is he Polynesian originally Jason Momoa? I, I believe so yeah no, he, I think he might be Hawaiian I think he might actually be Hawaiian No he Hawaiian Yeah he is Because yeah.
0: he, he got his start In Baywatch Hawaii Yeah he did Yeah which yeah. is just weird if you ever see a picture of him now. Like, and I remember he was, shaven, he was on the red hair. carpet or something, and someone asked him if he surfed, and he was like, dude, I'm f***ing Hawaiian. <laughs> But Hawaiian. <yeah>. Thus <laughs> cemented him as a true badass. Yes, yes.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, the, there's, the, there's that video that. On, on Facebook where you see him drinking Guinness and throwing a hatchet at a dartboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is, that's pretty badass That's there. pretty
0: cool, yeah. Right, we were talking a little bit about uh, about Jackal. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Jackal,
1: have you? Did you ever see Jackal years ago when it was on BBC One?
0: Yeah, so this is the James Nesbit BBC yeah. One,
1: yeah, yeah, which was the the actual mini series was uh, written and produced by Stephen Moffat, who now it runs Doctor it. Who.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh,
1: I did. It was great. I it thought it was cool.
0: Yeah, um, there was going to be uh, a remake, a US remake.
1: A U? Well, it's actually a feature film version as well.
0: Oh yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, it's going to be a feature film uh, directed by uh, Ruben Flesher, who did uh, Zombieland and Gangster Squad. Uh, Gangster Squad, but we'll not talk about that so much. Uh, Thirty minutes or less, which I think is so okay. passable. It's Passable. because yeah. he's always funny in it, he's going to be at the helm. Uh, Chris Evans is going to be Jackal. Yeah.
1: Well, in this yeah. version, Tom Jackman. Cause that's the, that's the, cause obviously this oh, right, yeah. is it's, not it's, actually, it's a
0: modern day thinking,
1: He's not actually Dr. Jekyll. He is the descendant of. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. This is the idea. He's the descendant of the real guy. Mm. And he's inherited the curse. And I think, if I'm remembering the series correctly, he'd found a way to sort of lock himself up when he was about to turn and he had a psychiatric yes. nurse friend who sort of helped him to combat it and mm-hmm. that was the idea that Jekyll or I think it's pronounced Jekyll I think was that was actually one of the things yeah, it is, yeah. um mm. and they uh they ba- basically found it. that he would torment the psychiatric nurse instead <laughs> it was a really dark really grim series I remember there being yeah. a scene in which James Nesbitt in full Jekyll mode went after a bunch of uh, monkeys in a in a zoo I
0: really hope they keep that Darkness to it But like intensity I do but I also
1: Hope that they keep The transformation The same way Because the the James Nesbitt performance Basically they they lifted His hairline And made his eyes Completely dark And that was it
0: He looked mental He
1: He did He looked looked genuinely Terrifying It was One of the few times I can genuinely look At James Nesbitt And say
0: What an actor What a performance You've never watched Cold Feet then
1: I've watched Cold I've watched the most recent series.
0: I've actually not seen the reboot.
1: Not, it's not really a reboot. It's just the next it's series.
0: Just a, yeah. It's just the next series. Just continue. Just years, years later.
1: And it's got, as James Nesbitt's new wife, um, the chick who plays uh, Princess Jasmine in Once Upon a Time.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: which made me very happy because um, I, I enjoy her presence greatly on screen.
0: Kudos, ITV. Kudos. Kudos
1: to you. Kudos okay. to you. Okay,
0: uh, Marky Mark. Let's talk about Marky Mark. Marky Mark. And his Funky Bunch.
1: As I say, has he reunited with the Funky Bunch finally? Has this this dark chapter of our lives come to a close?
0: As soon as that happens, that will... That will be the only piece of Cause, film news. Yeah, because my life, yeah.
1: my life is on hold until the Funky Bunch reunites.
0: Yeah, stop making films of Peter Berg. We're all great. We're yeah. all very, we all love Peter Berg. Yeah. It's fine. But can, can we have the Funky Bunch back, please, Mark? Come on. Well, I have some news about him not being in a film anymore. Um, once upon a time, he was attached to, uh, be Nathan Drake in the Uncharted film. Yeah, based on the PlayStation game. Play- yeah. yeah, based on the successful uh, PlayStation franchise. Um, that isn't going to be happening because, uh, Sean Levy or Sean Levy.
1: I think he's Levy.
0: I always say Levy. Yeah. Um, mm. who did, uh, Real Steel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And other films as well. Um he is doing that now, so Marky Marky's no longer attached. He says that he wishes them all well. It's not gonna happen. Frankly, I've seen Max Payne. <laughs> I'm,
1: yeah. I'm fine with Marky Mark not being Marky Marky video You video don't game. need any more video game movies, man. you had your time. I think yeah. the reason he was attached is because David O'Russell was David attached to the at stage Yeah,
0: and also it was going to be uh, Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. Oh dear God. Once the time, which just, is just, just madness at foot. Power World. Isn't Madness is afoot. Yeah. Hey, what sequel are you most looking forward to? Uh,
1: God's Not Dead Three.
0: Uh, I thought you were going to say An Inconvenient Truth Two. Do you know what? I'll, I'll
1: be really honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen Inconvenient Truth all the way through.
0: Oh, are you actually Donald Trump in disguise?
1: I, I am. I am. Yes. While my while the top of my head is so large, I have to fit. And my, you have such uh, tiny hands. Yeah, I have to fit my 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 ferret-like head head hairpiece into yeah. this this van dead, mask that, dead, that I wear.
0: Dead marmot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are getting uh, a sequel to An Inconvenient Truth. Is it Al Gore again? It is, yeah. Oh, Al right, Gore I'll again. Um, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be about, but it's. I'm assuming it's just going to be a continuation <laughs> of... Bf, Bf it's, Bf it's dying, one of those probably. sequel
1: it's one of those sequel pitches where you genuinely can't reply with didn't we learn all we needed to from the first one
0: because obviously we didn't <laughs> no we did not and that's why donald trump is president and that's why he is we learned nothing he's making the cabinet picks that he is making oh
1: god this is the yeah. problem because the the election of donald trump does uh mean that there are a lot of documentaries that uh kind mm. of have to change their trajectory ever so slightly now um, yeah. I did that uh, coming war in, coming war China recently, yes. where they apparently had to change it at the eleventh hour. They had to change certain things to reflect the fact that Donald Trump had been elected, because otherwise you'd be releasing a documentary yeah. that wouldn't fit. Well,
0: in. Um, Al Gore did recently meet Donald Trump in mm. Trump Tower. Um, cameras weren't. Well, other cameras weren't allowed. He had his own crew and stuff. So mm. maybe that would be part of a documentary. Fascinating.
1: I, it really yes. would, because you would imagine that's got to be the logic behind why do a sequel. The logic yeah. behind why do a sequel has got to be that there is a guy in, you know, going into who office. Doesn't believe, in, doesn't climate believe in climate change. Who wants to 180 everything that we've done, everything that's gone on there yeah. about climate change. So you've got to imagine that that kind of is the, the, the momentum behind it. That's the, the genesis of why do a sequel.
0: Yeah. Because otherwise otherwise there wouldn't be much left to say. It's just... We are living in a world where there is someone that is now the energy secretary Mm -hmm. who couldn't remember the department that he is now in charge of on live telly (laughs) and doesn't believe in it. He said that he wanted to completely 86 it. He wanted to just get rid of it.
1: it. Yeah, funny that, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it really is. But I tell you, it's it's a laugh a minute with the with a Trump presidency, huh? Absolutely. But this is not a political show, so let's move on to film these before I get sad and cry. <laughs> <laughs> For a change. That's it. Hey, uh, Ruby Rose from uh, um, Oranges in New Black.
1: I love Ruby Rose.
0: I am not as fond, but she's a thing. You know that
1: Doctor Who episode bored. where everyone in the world becomes John Sim. Yeah, have you ever seen that? I, I wish that would happen with Ruby Rose and I was the only guy left alive. that That's my fantasy in life.
0: So you could get your ass handed to you by a hundred different Ruby Roses.
1: Yeah, but I figure if everybody in the world looked like Ruby Rose, then eventually you would find someone with low enough standards that you'd finally stand a chance.
0: No, I would think they would all have the same standards and you would just end up alone. Well, that's true. But then again, to keep the gene pool
1: alive, I'd have to... St- I'm going off topic. I am. I'm going off topic. This is my own I Am legend. Isn't
0: Ruby Rose uh gay in real life as well. No, I think she swings both ways. Oh really? Yeah, that's the whole thing.
1: I think she considers herself sort of asexual. All
0: right, then well in this parallel <laughs> <laughs> never going to happen universe, you may have a shot probably. <laughs> you know? As long as we know as long. Well in <laughs> in in this version of Earth yeah. Yeah, she is uh, in talks to be in uh, Pitch Perfect 3. Yes, I heard this because she's
1: got two action movies on the way in the next couple of months. We have got yeah, John, John Wick, Wick 2, Triple X 3. And then she's gonna be in Pitch Perfect Three. Yeah. So then, if it's
0: gonna be a sequel, she's gonna be in it.
1: And then presumably Fast Nine. And Oh of course she's gonna be in Fast Nine. <laughs> totally gonna to be in Fast Nine. <laughs> Although I, I've got it I gotta I gotta admit, the uh the latest trailer for Triple X three seems to focus a lot on her and she looks badass in it.
0: She does look very cool. She does look very, very cool. No, yeah, she's like a she's a, an assassin of some sort. I, I think she is, yeah. I think she's
1: yeah, I think she's a sniper or assassin or something. I cool. know in John Wick she is a genuine out and out assassin.
0: Right, I well, think well, she's a. I think she's
1: that. a villain in it. Oh. But uh, begging the question, how do you follow on from Adrian Palaki? You go and get Ruby Rose. That's how you make that better. But
0: uh, yeah, do love um, me some Ruby Rose. May, maybe I will get on board. We shall see. It seems like she's going to be in like. Every film.
1: I think you should just get used to her because she's going to be everywhere sooner or later. Yeah. Like John Sim in that Doctor Who. <laughs>
0: <episode. laughs> it's coming true. <laughs> hey, um, Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Yeah, that is a film that we both really, really We both adored, didn't we? It's yes, absolutely fantastic. Love me some like her. Um, it's finally going to be getting uh, a Chinese release. Because hmm. it wasn't released when it was um, uh, released uh, in the rest of the world. So it's finally going to be uh, Because they've got a there. quota
1: in China about mm. uh, foreign films. They have a quota that you're only allowed to release so many people. I think it, they actually have an annual limit yeah. of films, foreign films that you can actually release. They also have a rule as well that a film has to be in IMAX 3D, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe that that's one it. of the rules of, of China. So I imagine that's a factor in it. So that film
0: would have to be converted?
1: It would. I think it was in 3D, though, wasn't it? It was in it was 3D, in 3D. obviously
0: not in IMAX. So it wouldn't be too much of a strategy one.
1: Not oh, really. You can retrofit anything to IMAX. Just ask 20th Century Fox. They yeah. seem to retrofit every release they have into well, IMAX.
0: That's, that's one of those films I feel like it would. it would benefit... Absolutely hmm. in IMAX 3D But you some could, great landscapes this, Absolutely, it? yeah
1: the, but, the ocean sequences in IMAX be Oh, be amazing absolutely. There's
0: like weird eyeball screen yeah. things Yeah But then you could also watch it on a really small iPad screen and still get something else from it
1: well. I, I once tried for an experiment watching Gravity on an iPad
0: Oh, that wouldn't have the same effect. I really didn't I don't think that would work <laughs> I really didn't As well and Did you hear about uh, Ryan Gosling being punched in the face by Harrison Ford? Uh, no, I had not
1: heard about that, and uh, I just... W- w- what did he do? Ask him to take the earring out. What?
0: what <laughs> hey, howison what's the deal with the earring? You don't look cool. You're ninety-five.
1: <laughs> Smack it's just. Did you know, by the way, that there is? I think there's a there's a an Indiana Jones comic book that someone that was actually created yeah. solely to explain. Either a comic book or a novel that was created way back when solely to explain how Indiana Jones survived the journey on the submarine at the end of uh, Raise the Lost Ark. Really? Yeah. And the that's actual cool. explanation ultimately boils down to he took his belt off and secured his wrist to the periscope. Makes that, sense. that That's it. Yeah. And you, wow, okay, fine.
0: <laughs> really? Indy's like MacGyver. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Give him some paper clips to do wonders. Don't, yeah. I've, I've been watching the reboot <laughs> of MacGyver. It's awesome. It's so dumb. i am not going to it yet.
1: It's so I'm stupid, but it.
0: I love it. And he is in uh, um, uh, Monster, Monster Trucks. Yeah, he is, yeah. So yeah. is Jane Levy, by the way. You oh, really? Yeah, she's love interest. I like her; she's very cool. But yeah, Vine Gosling—he got punched in the face by Harrison Ford. So this is while she he, he didn't just say something insulting. It wasn't just like hang on. Han die? Had
1: Harrison Ford watched Only God Forgives? Because I feel like <laughs> I would have done the same thing.
0: God may forgive you, but I don't. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> did that while pointing at him, punches in is the, the, the face. Where's oh. my family? Oh. Give me back my family. <laughs> They were shooting a scene for They uh, better be alive You son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) Enough terrible House of Um, War They were shooting a scene For uh, the upcoming uh, Sequel to Blade Runner Blade Runner 2009 Yeah And uh, yeah Apparently things went Slightly awry And he accidentally Punched him in the face As you do Think We've things all been there. We've all been, there. We've all been there. We've all been
1: punched by us Yeah, it's just one of those things you'd be yeah. arousal, where you get punched in the face. Yeah, so, and if so, you're what? if you're a guy that installs you know, set dressing doors, then <laughs> yeah, definitely <yeah, laughs> so.
0: You get punched with a lawsuit. You you get punched, punched with, with <laughs> a lawsuit.
1: So, do you want to give me the final film review? So, final film review, which is uh, Crash and Burn, which mm. is a documentary about. And this is the quote on the poster: that the, the uh, greatest racing legend, the greatest uh, racing champion you never you didn't know uh Tommy Byrne, and this is this really intriguing look at. Uh, I mean, I didn't know this story, so you remember Senna? I do. Uh, it was about five, yeah. five, six years ago
0: now. Senna, something like
1: that. And it sort of brought Asif Kapadia out into the world, really. As, yeah. there, as this great documentary. Yeah, uh,
0: went to my uni. Oh, he said this, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Newport Uni. Yeah, he's the first person from Newport Uni ever to win an Oscar. Really? Mm. I think Sheffield Hallam has Nick Park.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, so. Ah, so you had Senna, and now what you've got is, this is sort of the counterpoint, because it turns out Senna had a rival mm. that we didn't know. It doesn't really come up in Senna. You had Tommy Byrne, who was basically a braggadocious, hedonistic, arrogant piece of work. He also happened to be an absolute god behind the wheel. And the problem was, he was poor. He came from nothing. He never had any money. Any money he did get, he spent on drinking women. By his own admittance, and he, he his own sorry, admission. admission I'll I'll get words eventually. Um, and, uh, basically, I've got words. i got the best words. <laughs> I know words. I know the best words.
0: <laughs> I'm like a really smart person.
1: Yeah, that's why I don't need intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. He actually he, he does a lot of stop laughing at Donald Trump. I just keep doing that. With, why do you shrink your hands when you do it as well? Because so he's was, got tiny hands. I know. <laughs> he's got tiny hands. So uh, he he does he does a lot of uh, a lot of very frank introspective uh, d- discussion in this, and it's 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 really something to behold. It's just basically the story of this racer who made it in this, over the space of, a very, of a, just a few years, made it from nothing all the way to Formula One, and just as soon as it looked like he was going to become the champion, it was taken away from him, mm. and it was taken away from him really out of snobbery more than anything else. We've got a clip. <laughs> He became the forgotten talent because he arrived so quick and he disappeared so quickly. Brilliant, Tommy Bird. Tommy Bird. Tommy Bird. And Tommy Byrne is in a class of his own.
0: When I was racing, I didn't think I was the best
1: driver in the world. I knew I was the best driver in the world.
0: True talent really stands out. we had the centre, Alan Prost, Michael Schumacher. And Tommy had the talent of these guys for sure. He got from nothing to Formula One in little more than four years. You knew he was going to go places because of his prodigious talent. You just didn't know how high that elevator was going to go because of his personality. Tommy Byrne was wild. The problem is, he may have gone just too far.
1: So, as I say, he was wild, he may have gone too far, and he doesn't seem to be entirely unaware of this. In fact, he's very frank about it. Um, It is an interesting uh, story, because I, I didn't know it, I, and mm. it seems a lot of people didn't know this story. I was really, really fascinated by this man and his, his look back on his own past. It was the inverse of, of Uncle Howard, because... It was, it, it, you know, Uncle Howard was this figure that you didn't know, and you're getting a eulogy for, and here you're getting a figure that you've never heard of, but you've heard of him in context. The context in which he works works for you a lot better. There's a lot of archival footage, and they don't restrain themselves in the portrait that they paint. They're not particularly Uh, fussed about shying away from painting him in a negative light, and he himself is very upfront about it. It's very admirable to do. It is intriguing. It's directed with a a pretty interesting pace. It's got... It is, if anything, it's dialed down, especially in the wake of something like Senna, which kind of holds the the, the sort of tablet for this Mm -hmm. this sort of a documentary. It is dialed down to the extent that you do feel like this inevitably will find its home in, you know, a two-hour dead spot on Sky Sports F1. And to be fair, that is going to be the audience for it. Um, Chris Wilson. A Formula One fanatic. I asked him at the weekend, mm. do you know Tommy Byrne is? No. I'm like, okay, well, apparently he's a Formula One guy. He didn't know. And if he doesn't know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd have to believe that it, it is a fairly unknown story. That it ties into Senna the way it does as well is actually very intriguing because mm. it is nice to see this other side of him. The whole gist of it seems to be <clears throat> they had a rivalry which came about because Tommy Byrne came along first, was amazing, and then every time he made every time he really achieved something, a year later Senna would come along, and do the same thing. Everyone would ignore the fact that Tommy Byrne ever did it and would just focus on Senna. That's a shame. Because it was the rich guy versus the poor yeah. guy and this was the problem. As Tommy Byrne himself puts it at one point, people can smell when you're poor. And it is that kind of story. It's a story about class. It is a story about, <clears throat> uh, the projection of economics. It's a story about pute- missed, missed, missed opportunities and wasted potential. And it is. Actually quite fascinating. I mean, he works in uh, a, a driving school now, effectively.
0: Really? Yeah. like. So he a... like he's still around?
1: Oh, he's still around. Say he's involved <clears throat> in, the, in the documentary. Mm. But he works on, I think it's in Ohio of all places, he works on this small racing track where he instructs people on how to drive at speed around this track. Right. And it, it's fascinating to watch. It's fascinating to see how he handles you know people knowing the story of what he was and what he is now mm. it's a genuine interesting documentary um it's if you are if, if you like your formula 1 you're missing out a piece of history not watching this but also if you thought senna was interesting i would definitely take this on board to get another bit to that story but uh, I do love Senna. the The film was fantastic.
0: I would I would yeah. genuinely recommend them. It's a, good this a companion watch. piece. Then,
1: yeah, it's, yeah. it's just this eighty five ninety minute companion piece, and it is interesting. Yeah. I would, I would I give mean, it a we watch. We
0: need to give uh, Senna, Senna another go. I never, never watched. I haven't watched it since Such it came, came out. I watched movie. it The run up
1: to the Oscars that year.
0: Yeah, yes. for which it wasn't nominated. Was it? I remember thinking yeah. it's so clearly going to get nominated. <laughs> no, <laughs> that I, was it. I seem to remember it was nominated for a Bafta.
1: Oh, well, that's usually yeah. the way, isn't it? That's usually it, In the same yeah. way that, you know, Daniel Blake will clean, clean up the BAFTAs and will get
0: completely ignored at the we'll Oscars. Will get completely shut out. Yes. Yeah, um, did you it. say we had another awards that just been announced? We did. We literally just had the SAG nomination. So the SAG is uh, Screen, Screen Actors, Actors Guild. Guild. Yeah. Yep. um. Again, it's a lot of uh, Same old faces that we just had from the Golden Globes There's going to be a lot of overlap in these awards There is, yeah, and then it's only when the Oscars Comes out and there's like one black actor It's not like you're going to get to the Independent Spirit Awards And be like, and the winner is London Has Fallen (laughs) <laughs> it needs its own awards, and not the Razzies, before you can say that. No, no, I don't think so. Okay, so I'll, I'll just, I'll have some of the biggies. So, okay, um, outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role, uh Casey Affleck for uh, Manchester cool. by the Sea. So he's, he's kind of, he's up there. It's him and Denzel. I think those
1: like. are the two, I think, for certain this year. Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for Joel Edgerton to both start of getting two mentioned. locks.
0: Yeah, Joe is, he's, he's getting a few noms, mm. but... I think he's gonna run out of steam before the Oscars, and I think that's it's gonna be a screenplay, and mm. it's gonna be uh, for Ruth Neger.
1: Fair enough, it. fair it's going enough.
0: for be first ones. So we've got Casey Affleck, uh, Denzel, uh, Ryan Gosling for La La Land.
1: Yeah, I've heard his name banded around as well.
0: Yeah, um, I don't, I don't think Ryan Gosling's gonna win, but I think he's he's like the next best thing to a lock. I think um, Andrew Garfield. Yes, so this is he's, for Hacksaw Ridge, not been, for Silence. Oh,
1: I say, they've been quite quiet on Andrew Garfield because he's got both both of those films out. Eh? He's got Silence, he's got uh, Hacksaw yeah. Ridge, and weirdly,
0: Hacksaw Ridge is the one that is paying off for him, not Silence. Yeah, which is very strange. Which both are getting good reviews, though. Both are I mean, good I've reviews. seen I've seen neither yet. Yeah. So, well, Hacksaw Ridge barely made a dent in the box office. That's that's the thing. That's hmm. the thing that people think are uh, sinking it, and also, of course, Mel Gibson's repute- uh, reputation. I well, I mean, he's still a great but, director. I mean, no, he is. But. You cannot take that away from him. Mm. I think that's what is being rewarded here. But uh, yeah, uh, Andrew Garfield, and then uh, rounding it out, Viggo Mortensen. Ooh, for Captain Fantastic, Captain Fantastic which I still haven't seen. I've been to see been for a long almost time. Completely ignored this year, actually, in, uh, in, in terms of reviews and box office. Mm. But he got nominated at the Golden Globes as well. For, oh, did it? Okay, yeah, for best best actor. So ah. that's, that's a bit of a dark horse, that one, right there. Yeah, interesting Absolutely. to see where
1: that goes, actually. So, um,
0: moving on to the uh, outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role, uh, yeah. Amy Adams for Arrival.
1: Of course. Yeah. Well,
0: it was either going to be that or Nocturnal Animals. She was hedging the best wasn't She <laughs> she really she was, was one, of one of those two, wasn't it? Yeah. Although I'm surprised Jay Jillman getting
1: nothing for Nocturnal Animals.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. And um, yeah, we shall get to that actually. Um, uh, Natalie Portman for Jackie. Uh-huh. Basil Locke, uh huh. Vassal Lock as is Emma Stone. Yeah. Uh, Emily Blunt. I think she's a dark horse. Which
1: one's Emily Blunt's for? Is that it? Can't be Scario.
0: No, that was for last year. Dude. Oh, of course. Uh, it was. Girl on the Train.
1: Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. like
0: I feel like there's much better ones. Um, actually, it's quite telling, but Ruth Negger is not here.
1: She's not, is she?
0: She's not. But do you know who is? Mel Streep. Of course is she is. Show, Which I feel is a bit. <sighs> it's just like Meryl Streep's got to film out.
1: All right, Meryl. Yeah, come on, take your. Um, award, outside performance
0: by male actor in a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mashallah Ali. Big fan of Mashallah Ali. I would love him to get that. That'd I really would. Uh, Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water. Well, that was a good performance. It was a great performance. Uh, Lucas Hedges, who is a young man in uh, Manchester by the Sea.
1: No, I've not seen that. I've not said I've not seen Manchester by the Sea, so no, I'm not sure.
0: Not, not not out yet. But um, mm. he plays uh, Casey Affleck's uh, nephew. Who, uh, he's oh, in that, that's the plot, isn't he? He goes back to look after the nephew. Yeah. yeah after yeah. the passing of his brother, yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, Dev Patel for Lion. No, not seen. Yeah. Can't judge. But I am looking forward to that performance. Who would have fought it? Like. Back in the days when he was just in Skins, I've
1: never finished an episode of Skins.
0: First two seasons actually pretty good. Uh, get him watch, get him watch. I, I don't and um, rounding out, Hugh Grant. <laughs> Who would have thought Hugh Grant been on it for
1: anything? Hugh Grant for Florence Foster Jenkins, yeah. presumably. Ooh,
0: I, yeah, I do think he's quite good. I, I
1: will give it to him. I do think he's fantastic in Florence Foster Jenkins. He's really good. He is really good in that. But yeah,
0: he's been good in the last few films I've seen him in. He was good in that. He was good in uh, uh, The Man from Uncle.
1: Yeah, I do think yeah. Hugh, Grant, Hugh Grant's better than we give him credit for.
0: Absolutely, think, yeah. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a sporting role. Uh, Viola Davis, she's sure. got it all but tied up at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naomi Harris from Moonlight.
1: Ah. Yeah. I've not heard her mentioned for anything else yet. But...
0: Um I have. Okay. Good. I have, yeah. Just there's, there's been a lot of talk about Moonlight. Uh Nicole Kidman for Lion. Fair. Um Octavia Spencer, Hidden Figures. Ah,
1: I see yeah. that's been quite quiet so far, Hidden
0: Figures. There's been a bit of a question mark about that one. It's um it's getting it for, for song. It's getting nomination for song. Who's but, doing the song on Hidden Figures? Is it John Legend? Uh John Legend, I believe, is involved, but it's Pharrell. Oh, everyone's. okay, right. Um it's <laughs> There was a bit of, like, a question mark about if it was going to be Octavia Spencer, Janelle Monet, or mm. Taraji P. Henson. Oh, we I, like, I like Taraji. I like, I like Janelle Monet more than anything. Really? Yeah. I like, uh, I like Taraji. I think it's because I, I know t- I, she was
1: in uh, Person of Interest for years. Oh. Uh, and she was always terrific in that show.
0: Well, I know uh, Janelle Monet more as a musician. Oh, yeah. Yeah, She's she was a singer more. I, more so than I didn't an actor. know she was acting now, so. Yeah, but mm. she. She came on the scene and she was essentially like the female James Brown. Yeah, fair enough. She's amazing. And uh, uh, we've also got uh, Michelle Williams running up
1: Manchester one. by the Sea.
0: Yeah, so that's a uh, it's a good lineup. That is a good lineup. It's a good lineup. It's been some good films. So, a couple more pieces of news for you, sir. Uh, Sebastian Stan, have you heard about this news uh, for him and Margot Robbie? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: This is the the Tonya Harding biopic. It is has just got titled you know?
0: It is. It has indeed. Uh, the title is um, I Tonya.
1: Ah, uh, that was it, yeah. I Tonya. I So he's so, gonna
0: play in her husband.
1: That, in that's what I was gonna ask. You. He's he because there's a husband. I think the husband had a friend as well
0: involved. Yeah, that's not been cast yet. That's not been cast. Yeah. Um, well it was a friend, uh, it was actually uh, uh, two bodyguards ah, who okay, were implicit. It. So basically if you don't know what the story is, Tonya Harding, two bodyguards and the, the husband, mm-hmm. gone by by Stan, uh, they were implicit in an attack. Of A fellow ice skater I've forgotten her name oh, But they, they basically Arranged I an as well yeah. yeah Tonya
1: Harding And they Didn't they try and break her leg Yeah Was that it They tried to break yeah. her leg So that Tonya Harding Could win the, the medal
0: That's it yeah oh, And then it all got found out And it? it was a whole thing <laughs>
1: It's just a mental story. It's one of those stories you're like, only in America.
0: Yeah, it's one of those stories that's like, I can't wait to see the film of this. Yeah, I can't this wait to This is going to be great. I,
1: I remember when he, when he, when the news broke that uh, Margot Robbie was going to play Tonya Harding, and my response was, I can totally see her doing that. Oh, absolutely. Because... In
0: the same way when she was uh, cast for Suicide Squad.
1: I mean, also, you, you she, she's she's got Harding the way. crazy eyes. She got them crazy eyes. She got eyes. them crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah like, that. daddy's, daddy's
0: a terrifying... Like, terrifying she's, she's right stunning, there. she's beautiful, she's fantastic. Yeah. And but. then she's got a certain, <laughs> certain edge to her. <laughs> a certain, very terrifying yeah. edge. Uh, have you heard uh, how much, uh, Rogue One is eyeing for its opening weekend in the US? Yeah, I heard this. This was mental. So it is eyeing, uh, 150 million opening of the US box office. Wow. Which isn't quite Force Awakens, because Force Awakens was something like two to five, I think. It was, it was mad. It was the biggest opening.
1: It was, didn't Avengers earn two hundred? The first Avengers, something like that, something like that.
0: But for 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 Rogue One, it's amazing because it's got, it's not got any real like established stars.
1: That's it. it's not a star-driven film. It's no. not, and it's an untested, untested concept as well. Yeah. Did,
0: it's the first Star Wars spinoff. It's like it was always bit of an unknown. Mm,
1: let's be really honest it. though about Rogue One. There is there is a cynical motivation behind its its inception, which is. Can we just can can we just flog anything on the yeah. Star Wars? Is it brand? going to be a,
0: just a cash in? Yeah.
1: Can can we really just use the Star Wars brand without having to use the established Star Wars norm? Yeah. Can we, we? We
0: can't always pay Kyle Fisher and Mark Hamill, and they're not going to be around forever.
1: Well, basically, yeah. Can can we just stick any old Star Wars thing in a cinema, whether whether or not it's good, and people will go and see it? Now, in the case of Rogue One, they got very lucky because it's amazing, but you know, it could, it could have been so much worse. I I mean, I do have just enthusiasm for everything that's to come spin-off-wise with it. But.
0: Yeah. I mean, our next spin-off is uh, the Han Solo. I, know, I can't wait. Which is just... And I don't know what we're getting after it. It's not been confirmed. It's been rumoured that it might be either the Obi-Wan mm-hmm. standalone that Yuma McGregor keeps going on about, or it could be the Boba Fett film. It could be the Yoda film.
1: I'd like to see one in the future.
0: I'd like to see one in the future. I'd
1: like to see one set Ahead in time, Yeah, I, I like learning about the characters that we don't know. Mm, I would like something So I don't know, just, just the adventures of Poe Dameron would be a nice one <laughs> off <laughs> Yeah, if we're going to learn about, is, if we're
0: about... My name is Poe. <laughs> my name's po. A Star Wars story. <laughs> If we're learning about the origins of Han Solo, we need to know about the future of exploits of Po Exactly.
1: Oh, Po oh, damn, son. Oh, that, that works. That works. That totally does.
0: Yeah. Well, What else we got? A few more bits. Okay, the um, sequel to uh, Justice League. We've not even had Justice League 1 yet.
1: No, but Justice League was at one point going to be a two-part film.
0: It was at one point. wasn't going to be, was
1: be a two-part film. They're going to release a year apart or something.
0: Yeah, and then everyone realised that Ben Affleck was the best thing about... Dawn of Justice yeah. so we're now going to be getting after the Justice League film we're going to be getting the Batman first so that is oh. moving into the slot where Justice League 2 was which was in 2019 so Justice League 2 will be coming out in the future is at it some socially point it's not date yet
1: is it socially acceptable yet to be bored of Batman
0: are you bored of Batman kind I'll, of am. I'll, still, I'll always go see a new Batman film
1: I, I kind uh, of am but I, I, yeah. I just I'd really rather see another hero around Like yeah. which, I, which
0: hero do you want to see I would receive a ru- question or something.
1: <laughs> the question, that would work. Um I don't know. I mean there's there's ones I always I mean, I always loved the Green Lantern. I always loved the John Stewart Green Lantern. Yeah. And uh, But
0: did you hear the rumours that Army Hammer was gonna be
1: Ugh no, don't care. I'd be fine with that. I wouldn't.
0: He looks like Hal Jordan. He L- looks how Hal Jordan. No, he looks look.
1: like a boring man because He looks he like Hal Jordan like or he looks man. like
0: a Disney prince come to life. So <laughs> Army Hammer looks like <laughs> <laughs> I, I find
1: uh, I find Army Hammer so dull and uh, unengrossing that the fact that his name is Hammer almost seems fitting. But
0: yeah, but his just... first name is Army. <laughs> I don't think you're fully looking into how great a name Army Hammer is. Did I ever? It's tell the you... manliest
1: name I've heard in my life. Did I ever tell you about years ago when Lone Ranger was in cinemas and I was in Cineworld World and there were just two got gore... I think it was two or three Gormans people stood in front of the poster for Lone Ranger, right, trying to like. Verbally trying to work out how to pronounce his name. Am I Hamir? No, no, they said, Am I Hamer? And I just, I'm walking by uh... just chuckling to myself. I went, like, no, no, just don't <laughs> correct them. Don't correct them. Just carry on. He John. was
0: in the social network. <laughs> he was a vin- he was too I, I'm vibe. just, just
1: going to put it out there if you can't pronounce Army Hammer you're probably not in the audience that's going to see the social network let's that's be really point. honest there yep. but uh, no I don't want him as Green Lantern I want uh, I, I want Jensen Ackles as the Green Lantern just have some fun for a never going to
0: happen Jensen Ackles is a TV star and you seem to be obsessed about what who is a film star and who is a TV star and who is a <laughs> TV star because
1: they should have saved money on all of this DC nonsense and they should have cast it with TV actors they should have gotten Gabriel Mark to be back Man, They should have gotten Jensen Ackles to be Gabriel The Green Lantern <clears throat> Gabriel Mark would have been An amazing Batman And also They still could have done The he's in his 40 shtick That they're sticking Do back Do you know who would have
0: been with. A good uh, a version of Deathstroke? Go on Manu Bennett
1: Yes, Manu Bennett would have been an amazing version of Deathstroke.
0: So and we've got that. So why don't we just have him
1: for, t- for the film instead? Yeah, why don't we just use the TV versions because they are awesome and they are infinitely better? I mean, God, did you see the? Crossover I am looking forward
0: to to uh, Joe Manganiello though. I, I do think he'll be good. I think he'll be good. But I think we'll base it on Manu. That's Bennett. That's
1: it. They're so clearly yeah. going to base it on Manu Bennett. So why yeah. bother? This is the thing. When mm. they did that, when they were casting the Flash, and that was the most egregious.
0: <clears throat> part of it, I think. That,
1: that was the weird one, yeah. right? When they were casting the Flash, all of a sudden it's oh, Billy Crudup is going to be Henry Allen. They're like oh. Okay. Okay, this is going to be a thing. And like, oh, and he's accused of murder. And you're like, so basically, you're just taking that from the series. Okay, and then it was. Oh, and we've cast Iris, and it's yeah. going, and it's an African American actress. You're like, but hang on so a minute. By, by the character, the before. character in the comics isn't African American. The one on the TV show is. Mm. So again, you're getting your ideas from the TV show, which basically begs the question: Why are we not just having the TV show on the screen? Mm. Because that I would rather see. I I get that you can't necessarily expect a a film audience to swallow all those years of continuity, but
0: there is a room to be connected. They will be partially connected because it will just be a different multiverse, uh, multiverses. I know, but it's such a cop out. So we'll have a Barry that looks nothing like Barry. Isn't it? It's a cop-out answer. It's, it's in the same way. Maybe we way, just love the TV show too much.
1: In the same way that Kevin Feige turning around and saying, oh, well, Doctor Strange opens up other universes. So, you know, if we ever want to cross over with X-Men, we can just use it. To a whole different universe. No, 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 no. You had your chance. You couldn't make it work. Stop trying to find an excuse. Leave him alone. He's got Spider-Man. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's, he's got, used all the clout he can. Exactly. You got Spider-Man back. Let it go.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Let oh, it go. Spider-Man and
1: and it's so good, isn't it? So good. I'm I'm not Infinite hugging I'm not it. hugging. I'm just opening the door for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Did you love that bit? That I did love topic. that bit. Um also I, I need to buy some new sunglasses it seems. Okay. But, let's
0: have one final piece of film because I think this could be open for debate a little bit. Okay, go on. So, um iTunes. Yeah. You know I know. I, I'm familiar them. with the existence of these tunes, yes? <laughs> yeah, these here tunes. They're wanting to introduce a premium rental service. I heard about this. So, this is, I think this is just an idea at this point. I think it's an amazing idea. Would you go for it?
1: I would go for this.
0: So, so the idea is they'd be selling the films for, was it between 25 and $50? Yeah. At, to begin with? And it was going to be theatrical films that had just come out about two to three weeks. I think there's like a the two theatrical week theatrical barrier, release. yeah. Yeah, so it'd be out of the. Cinéplex mm. first, and then two, to three. Two but also, things like you can watch it on your
1: phone. Now, the want. argument, the argument been made many times, that, and <laughs> it usually comes from parents of young children, yeah. which is once we've gotten a babysitter and you know and paid for that and paid for parking and stuff, we don't get to go out that often. Once we do all that, we might as well have paid, you know, the fifty dollars because it costs something like twice that. You're like, okay, yeah, I get that, but also I think you're looking at it the wrong way, which is to say, when 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 we all hang out on a Saturday night, for instance. Like, sometimes we'd like to see it. We'd like, we'd love to be in a cinema seeing, you know, whatever the, the latest comedy is or whatever. But you don't want the aggravation of having to deal with, you know, 150 members of the public. Half of whom yeah. don't have any concept of how to behave in a cinema. I mean, I like, really, we we wouldn't want to go through all that hassle to watch Office Christmas Party. No, you wouldn't. But having said that, if you've got a group of people together in your living room and it's twenty-five bucks to see uh, Office Christmas Party, cheaping a couple of quid on, yeah, exactly yeah. on on what we now have as massive television screens. Mm. I mean, the Odeon in Sheffield has smaller screens than most of us have televisions, but uh, I will agree. Case in point, yeah. but. Uh, just sit close to it, get, get Exactly, you, would, you could all chip
0: in, you could You all chip in, and yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I can see, I can definitely see the pros.
1: Obviously, the you're cons, not going to do it for the latest Marvel film, or no, Star Wars, or anything like that, but think Jackie, for example. Think Jackie comes out. You I think, know, I would watch Jackie in a cinema. We, you and I would, but it's the average person. It's, average a, person it's a biopic average, drama. Yeah. You know, it's a biopic drama. You think, okay, that doesn't really seem like something I want to go to the cinema and see. Yeah. I'll go and see,
0: you know, whatever... Does it mm. Two or whatever big smash-up film there is? But I guess one of the arguments is: Does it take away what makes cinema good, which is the shared experience? But then, if you're sharing it with people that you actually like, exactly in the comfort of your own home, it's uh, that, that
1: you can't. put a price it's a on that one, one. but well, well, it turns out you can. It's twenty
0: five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you can put a price on that. Yeah. But it was I, f- I forget what the chain was, but it was a cinema chain But wants to do something similar. No, it was um, wasn't that Sean Parker's oh, that thing. No, it was the Sean Parker thing. Sean yeah. Parker's thing. Which was was it front row? Yeah, it wasn't right. Yeah. It died a death now
1: because all yeah. the small chains took it to task over it and the distributors weren't interested. Yeah, this but was a f- few months ago, yeah. What's what's working out on Apple's side is that they've managed to make Apple Music work out and that yeah. seems to be kind of working in their favor. Mm. But you got know something outside of this idea they are just one player in a f- oversaturated market because you've got yep. Amazon Prime, you've got Netflix, and got they're so the big daddies. Yeah. And there needs to be something to make that and company Hulu start. Hulu
0: underneath it. Exactly,
1: Hulu underneath it all. And that's only because we don't <laughs> get it in this country. Yeah. Or Hulu. I would really love to have Hulu. I like here. Hulu. I would love to have Hulu here. You
0: see, but Horace and Peter's now on Hulu. Is it? Yeah. It he oh. just dropped on without any fanfare. It was um, just how like, much did he have to Hulu? sell
1: those rights for? I don't know. God, I feel for that guy. Man.
0: I I don't. No, like, it can it can make that money back with the drop of a hat. It, it wasn't. even it was so the, much of a risk. The Louis so
1: CK hat dropping show. <laughs> yeah.
0: Please put money back.
1: I'll the Jeb Bush of stand up comedy. Please give money.
0: <laughs> he is definitely not the Jeb Bush. Who would you say is the Jeb? I would say Michael McIntyre is the Jeb Bush of comedy. In fact, I'm not saying that Jeb Bush is the Jeb Bush. Of comedy no, he's the.
1: Well, yeah, no, I think Michael McIntyre is the Mitch McConnell of of uh, of comedy. But uh, oh,
0: he's, he looks like Admiral Akbar
1: He's got like <laughs> Mitch McConnell. does look like Admiral Ackbar doesn't Does he? a little bit, doesn't yeah.
0: he? You Google Mitch McConnell. was tell me he doesn't like oh, God. Adam God.
1: Ackbar Just thinking of that face. You know what? Oh. he always reminds me of when I see him. Actually, what's that? Uh, that scene in the first X-Men movie when Bruce Davis oh, is mutating God, yeah. into a water man.
0: Yeah, and yeah. he's trying to go through the bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's that's who Mitch McConnell reminds me of. Yeah. Every time I see him, because his think eyes about. are like
0: protruding a little bit. Yeah. Who's, who's a bad guy in um, what's the What's the Paul Behoven film? Total we Recall, call. yeah, huh. When we're like outside yeah. on Mars, yeah, and he's got like the eyes protruding, yeah, I go with that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little bit like that as well. So, now
1: we've been mean about Mitch McConnell for no reason.
0: <laughs> I think we should
1: end. I think we should end on oh, a
0: wish note. Here it is. Your moments of age. You're the last person Horvath saw with the grim Grimhold. That puts you on his list. So, unless you want him to turn you into a pig who just loves physics, then
1: you better help me find that doll before he does.